What up, what up, what up, what up? Thumbs up in the chat already. Hi, kids. How's your Wednesday going, Coop? It's going pretty well. How's yours going? Oh, man, hectic, man. You know what? I stayed up late last night, um, you know, watching LeBron make history. And congratulations to him. We're going to talk all that stuff, too. And even after the game was over on the West Coast, I was still up, you know, sipping, toasting it up for the king and all of that stuff. And and then I jumped back up and got up at like seven o'clock this morning. So it's kind of dragging the day. But we here. <laughs> I did um I did kind of like the same thing as well. I actually did uh I did a little like pause. It's like I actually like took a little nap. When I got home from work before the game mm -hmm. to watch the game. So I knocked out about two hours of sleep before the game, got up, um, you know, hooked up a little quick uh, tuna salad and like, you know, had a little late night snack and watched the game and watched them break the record. And um, shout out and congrats to LeBron. It's <clears throat> a legendary feat and accomplishment. I mean, the record was broken. You know, quite frankly, Mike, when I was a toddler and you were a toddler, so, you know, <clears throat> it's a it's a great record. I know uh, a lot of people today uh, feel like LeBron James is the greatest player uh, who ever lived, at least as far as basketball is concerned. I do not um, echo those sentiments, but I do think he has a viable argument, and this is a um, another notch in the belt for that argument, you know? I would just, you know, be mindful of somebody who, although he is the all-time leading scorer, Mike, he only won one scoring title. Well, so it's really more of a mark. It's really more of a mark of endurance and consistency. More, but not to say that he's not a great scorer. But I want to say this though: I do think that that level of consistency and durability. That's the kind of stuff that puts you in the greatest of all time conversation, too. Because to be perfectly honest, and we're going to talk about Nas today, too. I don't think Nas even gets number three on this Billboard list. This bogus list, by the way. If he doesn't do this late KD run, right? And for me, this KD run with Magic and all of that, something that was debatable back in the day, like, you know, whatever... Well, not even back in the day, but just even five years ago. It's not even debatable now if you're paying attention. So longevity does matter. Um, you know, being great in your prime is, you know, obviously that's not an easy feat either. But if somebody's continuously great 20 years in, it's insane, man. Like you're really in no man's land. To be this productive 20 years in, like y'all, people understand that. This man was about to get drafted when Get Rich or Die Try and Drop. <clears throat> the world was different. Like, we had flip phones. There was no social media. It's insane, man. Like, so the argument is very good. Now, granted, like I told you offline, I'm a Michael Jordan guy, and uh, he's the best I've ever seen. And if we had an evenly matched team, LeBron's on one team, and Michael Jordan's on the other team, I'm taking Jordan's uh, team in the series. But it's very tough for me to argue somebody down based on what we've seen, the longevity, what he's probably going to end up doing points-wise, assist-wise, rebound-wise. Very difficult for me not to say that he's the best. <clears throat> no, I, and, and I get what you're saying. And so <clears throat> that's what I 
And so what I think that we have is some of that, um, not quite the same thing, but it's like, you know, well, I mean, you watch Michael Jordan play, right? Oh, yeah. Well, you see, now LeBron, in terms of overall accolades, is probably going to be the other person, he and Kareem are probably going to be the only people accolade-wise, when you look like statistically, number-wise and accolade-wise, that exceed Michael Jordan. But Mike has some things that those guys don't have. And so can I submit those to you? Mm -hmm. Because I think this is really a conversation between those three with uh, Magic and uh, Kobe and Duncan and Bird and Shaq being somewhere like on the outside, but it's probably in Bill Russell and Chamberlain and you know, it's these three guys, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, only one of those guys out of the three has a Defensive Player of the Year award. That would be Mike, okay? Yeah. But let, let's be clear about that. Only one of those guys has won the scoring title more than three times. That, too, would be Mike. It was ten you get times, one? right? Yeah, it was ten times that he won. But if I'm not mistaken, Kareem only led the league in scoring three or four times. Yeah. And I believe it's three times and LeBron one time, which means if you put the times that LeBron and Kareem led the league in scoring, it would match Allen Iverson and Kevin Durant's scoring title output, which is four. And Kevin Durant gave two scoring titles away, one to Carmelo on the last day of the season, literally because he didn't care about scoring titles anymore. Mm -hmm. So that's what I'm saying. And then, and then you start going with the six for six with the six finals MVPs. And it's like, eh, who do you he's think? got one more. He's got one more MVP than LeBron, one less than Kareem, but he's got the same amount of rings as Kareem. But Kareem only has two Finals MVPs. Mike has all six for yeah, his six rings. Who do you think though has faced tougher competition in the NBA Finals, Michael Jordan or LeBron James? Oh, I was actually about to say it might be Kareem if we're actually like like being honest. But um, if, yeah, we're, yeah, if yeah. we're talking between but the Kareem two, had a team too. Like he was part of the stack. You know? No, I mean you're forgetting the Milwaukee Bucks teams with him yeah. and Oscar Robertson and um, no, that's real. Yeah, yeah. But I mean between well, LeBron and Jordan, like who had the uh, tougher competition in the NBA Finals? I mean, see that, that that all depends on how you feel feel about it. Because what I would tell you is that LeBron has had to deal with obviously uh, Tim Duncan. And um and Steph and KD, yeah. But I think, but I think what LeBron really is is the victim of circumstance, like in a lot of ways, where it's like, well, I don't know if he's played like necessarily like greater greater teams. Like the only team that he's played that I think would have been just the equal problem for Mike is the KD Warriors team. Well, like, I because here's how I feel about it. Like like his his 2007 loss, and even though it's a loss. Like that Tim Duncan Spurs team, oh, like like it's almost like it wouldn't even fair to count that for or against. You know what I'm saying? I think that Spurs team that beat the Heat, I think they're better than any team that the uh, Bulls face. See, see, world. that's where I don't agree with you because I don't. What think team that do you they're, think? Because I think those teams are strikingly similar to those early Portland teams in terms of their depth and their defensive tenacity and rebounding and an ability to score in key moments. And I think that Suns team that Barkley had would beat that Spurs team. I yes, disagree I do. with you 100. I, I, yeah, I think that, that Spurs that that Suns team no. was nasty. No, they had Dan Wiley. They had Barkley. They had Kevin Johnson. You know what? With that, Kevin that, Johnson in their prime. Or that, was, that was their, their big three. Give me Tim Duncan. And I'm a Barkley guy. Barkley's one of my favorite players when he played. 
Give me Kawhi, Tim Duncan, and uh, Parker any day. Not to mention Ginobili coming off the bench. Not to First mention um, Popovich mm-hmm. coaching. Like, no, no. No, for like, first of all, let's get a couple things clear. <clears throat> that Spurs team that you're talking about, well, that's not prime Tim Duncan, okay? Well, it's prime Kawhi. And it's he not got prime the Kawhi MVP. either, Mike. That's actually Kawhi's coming MVP. out party. Yes, it's coming Kawhi out Kawhi averaged 15 points in that series. That's not prime. I remember watching that team throughout the uh, season. That team was so evenly balanced. It was one of those teams where everybody – would have 15 that's, points. That's you know what great, I mean? but don't tell me Kawhi's prime is when he averaged 15 points in the finals, Mike. That's not I'm prime. just telling you that team was better than that Suns team, man. No, like, it's not. So, so this is what, no, no, this is, this is what I'm saying. You're, you're, you're trying to skip over. You're talking about the players, but now you're trying to talk about the team. Let's talk about the players. Well, I mean, you're talking about, the team collectively was just better. Now, granted, no, it's not, you Mike, because was... you're talking about an older Tim Duncan and a young Kawhi. I'm talking about prime Charles Barkley and Kevin Johnson. They would have whooped them boys' ass. I disagree. Let me get to these super chats real he quick. He would have jumped all over Tim Duncan. That's MVP Barkley. People, people forgetting who Barkley was, Mike. He's no, a better Barkley's rebounder great. than Tim Duncan. Barkley was undersized. Uh, He's just not the defensive Duncan, player that no. Tim Duncan is. Let's not get it twisted. He's better offensively and rebounding-wise than Tim Duncan. Stop acting like Barkley's some scouch. He would have busted older Tim Duncan's ass in his prime. He would have got 40 on him every game. I disagree with that. Jay Short was a super chat. 40 on Mike. Let me get to these super chats, man. Jay Short says, before y'all get started with the show, uh, what's going on with Trey down there? He's beefing with Murray and Collins. Trey got, man, they got to make a move, man. That's all I'm going to say. Matt Max with the super chat says, uh, cut the cap, Mike. Bron is um, nowhere near the GOAT. That guy, Bron, passed the record, sums up his career perfectly. A lot of big stats. But in big games, losers. Hate. No, hate, it's hate, not that. Hate, hate. It's not that. There's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong with being like you know a slot ahead of Kareem and a slot below Mike. Like there's no shame in that. Like that means like like how many people? What? How many people are there in the league, Mike? It's like 300, 400 players, right? Like so the league's been around like league's been around like eighty years. So if you like take four hundred times eighty, it's like five six thousand, right? I mean, it's been like, 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 so think about this, like 6,000 people, like five, 6,000 people have played this game. His ranking on this list is like one, two or three, like in almost everybody's opinion, Mike, like that's, that's pretty fucking amazing. Like, you millions know, so like of people play the game across the globe and can't get into this coveted, you know, league. Right. Called that's what NBA. I mean. It's like, yeah, he's, I mean, you know, he's to, to quote Jada Kiss and to bring it back to rap. Well, he's top five dead or alive, Mike, you know, yeah. that's what he really is. Man, he's probably going to remain top five. Like, like he's going to remain there for a long, long time. Like, it's going to take somebody special to come along. Like, that's what I keep telling you. Like, like regular guys don't grow on trees. It's like, okay, do you did you see the stat about who's next in line that's active in scoring? What? Who is it? Durant or something? Yeah, it's KD. You know where he's at? He's a little under twenty seven thousand. Mike. Then it goes to Harden and Westbrook. Who are like at twenty four thousand, Mike and Harden yeah. and Westbrook are fading. Harden and Westbrook ain't making it to thirty thousand. You no. know that? No, they not. Mad back so to the super like, chat. Oh, go ahead. So think about this: Katie's the only person that's like even like playing right now. 
Shit is like legitimately on an arc to get in the 30s, Mike. Yeah, I mean, it's a very, very, very elite it's club. Hard. It's and, hard. And I don't like the fact that people try to make it seem like the fact that he did this is nothing. Like, this is a... This no, is a scoring not. record that stands 40 years, pretty much. And, you know, we just saw the greatest player ever, Michael Jordan, not even, you know, get to those heights. See, here's what I mean about <clears throat> it's a kind of a game of endurance for him to a degree. I told you this. If you actually go watch it statistically by game, Kevin Durant's on the same pace as LeBron is by game, Mike. The problem is that Kevin Durant doesn't play as many games. Mm. as LeBron plays because he gets hurt more often than LeBron gets hurt. You and LeBron me? has to get credit for that. Being, yes, no, being because, that durable the, in a sport like basketball or just in pro sports, period, yes. not easy. And especially like, when you're the guy that everybody puts everything on in your 20th year. Yes, because if Durant had stayed healthy the way LeBron had stayed healthy, he'd already be in the 30s, Mike. That's how that's how much health matters. Yeah. Instead, he's sitting around 27. Matt Max with the Super Chat says, uh, the Spurs team that Kobe was uh, waxing waxing up that Braun struggled with. The Jazz team just as good as that Spurs team. Stop it, Mike. You are bugging, Mike. Like, you act like Mike didn't play anybody. This is the thing. I'm not, no, 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 no. I'm not acting. The rest of those teams. And that Sonics team won 65 games, Mike. I understand. I understand. I'm not acting like he didn't play anybody. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I understand. But none of those guys who won anything. At least LeBron was losing to people that had championship experience. He didn't lose. Hold on. Dirk had championship experience? Steph That's Curry the only had championship one. experience? He did, yes. Who? Steph did. From when? His first title's on LeBron. You know how many they got? No, no. I'm talking about the first <laughs> You're one. You're talking about the first one? Yes. That's a championship caliber team. And even though they lost to him, and let's just be real cool. What we, about Dallas? No, we got to keep Dirk? it a buck. Now, now, granted, I was talking about this Dallas team earlier, and if you go back to my Facebook uh, post from what was that? Oh, I remember what you yeah. were posting. You picked that Dallas team was Dallas deep. Was the better team. It was just the better team. They were like three deep in every position. They had Tyson Chandler at center. They had, uh, uh, what was his name at center? I want to say Brendan Hayward at center, right? Then they had Dirk, obviously. From the guard positioning, they had everybody from Jason Terry to Jason Kidd to J.J. Barrera. They had Pedro Stojakovic. They had Sasha Vujacic. They had uh, Sean Marion. It was a collective effort. And all that Miami had was three guys. They had no depth. And if you watch basketball, you understand that it's only one ball out there and you can only do so much. And if you have a team that, by the way, I know Mad Max is a Laker and Kobe fan. This team waxed that championship Lakers team. So let's not act like this team was just, you know, stumbling into the finals. They waxed that, that that Dallas team, waxed that Lakers team that won a championship a year before. They beat them in like five. And so this team was good. So it's not like them, the Heat. Them Kobe, them Kobe championship teams is not like them Shaq and Kobe championship no, teams. No, no, Stop no. making it seem like they wax some all-time great Laker team. But I'm That's just saying they waxed it. Laker team what I'm saying is they waxed. A, a, a standing champion. They beat the best team that was there or the team that was the best the year before. People act like Miami lost to like some struggling ass Dallas team. This team was good. And if you look no, at the, but that's no, not if what I'm you saying, look personnel wise and you look at Rick Carlisle being the coach, 
you look at everything that they had going on, honestly, Miami didn't stand a chance. And Mike, this is what I'm trying to tell you is that the things that you're saying about those Spurs teams and the things you're saying about those Dallas teams, that Portland team was the same way. Clyde Drexler, Terry Porter, Cliff Robinson, Ter- uh, Kevin Duckworth, mm-hmm. Jerome Kersey, uh, I like Buck that Williams. Team. Yeah, like stop playing. No, like I like was, that they, team. They, they was ten deep out there. They was going ham, Mike. I understand they, what you're matter saying. Matter of fact, matter of fact, that Portland team that you're talking about, they waxed the real dynasty. They waxed the real Lakers. They waxed Magic's Lakers. They did not Kobe's Lakers. Magic's Lakers. Those Trailblazers waxed. So stop playing it like Mike didn't though. play no real competition. No, 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 no. They cool. beat Showtime Lakers. No, not Kobe no, no, no. It's funny. It, it's Lakers. funny, Coop. You. You want to sit here and say that? Very problematic. No, you want to say what you you? No, no, no. You want to say what you said about Tim Duncan not not being prime Tim Duncan, but you want to escape the fact that's not prime uh, Showtime Lakers. That is not Showtime Lakers. That's why they had everybody but Kareem. Come on, man. Magic was on on his last leg. The last two seasons, Magic was on his last leg. Worthy had a bad back. Come on. 36 Chambers of the Super Chats. Last legs. He only played 10 seasons, Mike. (laughs) That's true, though. 36 Chambers of the Super Chat says, great verses on Monday. Uh, Y'all, how did the tally up? Oh, okay, yeah, I got to check that out, too. We'll get to that. I'm going to make sure we get to the tally with that. Mad Max of the Super Chat says, Bron, eight straight finals appearances, and he's three and five. That means that he played no one in his conference. Um... Nowhere in his conference. Uh, that's like a K Dot album of the year argument since Good Kid Max City was in a weak era. Hmm. K Dot, K Dot. Jay Short with the Super Chat says, Mad Max is young, so he probably done forgot that Jordan lost straight, uh, three straight years to the Celtics and the Pistons. And Stockton and Hornacek were unathletic and way past their prime when they faced the Bulls. Hmm. Okay. Jay Short also did, says, Hold on, cool. then how did those teams win 60 games back-to-back years and end up hosting the finals? Jay Short also says, Coop is forgetting that the Suns team was flawed. Uh, shortest front line in the league. And KJ, and was, KJ on was, only guard, uh, was only guard who could uh, create off the dribble. Hmm. No, they had Cedric Sabalo. Cedric Sabalo's taller than Scotty and Mike. No. Was he? Yes, yeah, and he's at least bulkier. If he's their height, he's bulkier. Come on, guys. Google Cedric Sabalas. I don't remember him being that tall. Vernon with the Super Chat says Black History. Vernon with the Super Chat says Black History Fact. Mr. Morale was the first black digital weed plate of 2022 after a five-year absence. <laughs> Do you think that... uh Oh, Michael Williams with the Super Chat. Then I'm going to ask you a question. Which is better, uh, first verse, Akum, uh, I'm sorry, Aquamarine or second verse on the truth? Huh. I might go Aquamarine. I like the first the verse on the truth better than both of those verse, verses, if I'm picking. Let me ask you something, man. Like, Billboard just put out this list, top 50 uh, rappers of all time. What do you think about Kendrick Lamar getting number two on this list? Like, what were your first thoughts? Because I know everybody wants to know. Of course. Um, I don't agree, obviously, but I, my first thought was that, are you trying to say that he's better at the things that made Tupac great than, than like Tupac is? Because the way that this list is kind of organized, 
when I'm looking at it, it's like, okay, like you pick guys with a message for your two, three, four. You feel me? And so what about the message on number two supersedes three and four is my question based on how it's put together. Now, my personal thoughts is, is like eh, 17, 18. But based on what we're left with, if I was just judging it based on how I feel like they kind of played it, it's like, well, what message has he kicked to you that makes you think that he deserves to be ahead of Nas and Tupac? Let's take all the lyrical shit like out. Let's talk about uh, content, storytelling, and message. Because you and I have often talked about it's like, well, you know, message is kind of confusing because he kind of be all over the place and really doesn't clarify in interviews or in music. And so when we're talking about his message, if his message is kind of what has him here, and I think that is have something to do with it, well, how did we get here? And how did he end up ahead of those two guys specifically of the 10 that we were left with? I'm not looking at it like in the whole. I'm looking at it in the microcosm of what's left. And for what we're left with, it's like, okay, well, what's your rationale on that? And this is where and this is where I feel like quality of music matters. And it's like, okay, well, show me the albums, show me the songs, show me the rhymes. And so my first thought after I went through all of that, these are all my first thoughts. My thoughts happened fast. I immediately went to, well, we know Illmatic is better than Good Kid Mad City. But I think there might be a contingency of people that actually think that maybe something like To Pimp a Butterfly is better than it was written. What say you to that? I think, and, and this is from somebody who heard, and it's funny, Supreme Clientele celebrating 23 years today. We might talk about that later on as well. Supreme One of my Clientel. personal favorite albums. I think it's the best hip-hop album of the 2000s. Now, when I heard to Pimp a Butterfly. I didn't go on social media. I just listened for myself. And my thought halfway through it was like, this is the best hip-hop album I've heard since um, Supreme Clientele. But at the time, nobody around me felt like that. You know, I felt like I was kind of alone in my bubble with some of my uh, nerd hip-hop friends about how we felt about the album. And I even saw when Kendrick got on Big Boy's show uh, in promotion for Damn, they asked him to put his albums in order. He put To Pimp a Butterfly at three behind Good Kid, Mad City, and Damn. And I was kind of disappointed. Like, damn, I thought this was really your magnum opus. Fast forward. Now everybody's saying that this is the one and it doesn't seem organic and it doesn't seem real. Like, so I don't really feel, it feels manufactured in a sense, right? Like we knew Illmatic was Illmatic when it dropped. We knew The Chronic was The Chronic when it dropped. Shit, we knew 2001 was 2001 when it dropped. We knew Supreme Clientele collectively. You know, we all have these individual albums that we draw to. Akuma and I, same thing, right? Like, these albums and these artists would tell you, like, I remember when Jay-Z was on the radio when the Blueprint came out and he was super confident about how dope this album was. He's like, yeah, it's classic. Even the air between the songs is hot. You know what I'm saying? And I never got that energy from 
Kendrick or the masses about To Pimp a Butterfly, honestly, until like two years ago. And I don't know what that says about that effort. So with that being said, no, I don't think that that album really contends with the all-time great albums because even they don't feel that way. At least they didn't feel that way. And I don't know if something changed, but I, I just don't feel like, you know, my thought process is so ahead of its time that it took the rest of the world nearly 10 years to catch up to what I heard when I initially heard the album. Connection is is key, right? You know, you have to be able, the album has to be able to connect. If I heard an album that I thought was brilliant, it was brilliant to me, and it wasn't brilliant to everybody else, including the artists, <laughs> like, I can't sit there and put it with the albums that everybody feels collectively are brilliant. I can't. Did you did you see the clip that's floating around about Get Richard Die Trying's twentieth uh, anniversary, mm-hmm. and um, and how um, are you listening to Dre talk? Yeah, M and Fifty talk. Mm-hmm. Listen to what they said. This is in two thousand. I heard the they're albums like, they mentioned. They're yeah. like, they're like, no, we just feel like we made something that you can play next to Illmatic and Ready to Die and The Chronic. They're in front of the camera saying that shit before this album came out. And then they threw in the Marshall Mathers LP, which is clearly bullshit. But it was funny that Eminem said, I wish my first album was banging like this. Now, that's a real statement. And he, because it's real. It's real. He knows, listen, man, he knows what it is. Hold he, on. He's gonna, a hip hop head. He knows no, his shit talk don't about stand him, up. No, 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 Mike. We're going <laughs> to talk about him. We're doing Kendrick right now. <laughs> Let me get to the Super Chats. We'll get back to that. 36 Chambers. And I want to go through the top 10. 36 Chambers with the Super Chat says, they did K-Dot. Uh, he said, they did with K-Dot, which y'all predicted. And they were going to do it with Eminem. Slide him into the spot between the uh, few guaranteed top fives. Trying to distract from the fact that he doesn't belong there. They, are re- they aren't slick. I think, to piggyback on that, I think Kendrick has kind of become their new Eminem in that way. Where they can slide so, him into these positions. He's the black Eminem kind of. Well, well, this is, well, this, well, Mike, this is, well, I'm glad that you're saying that because this is my issue about you not taking issue with this sooner. You've been letting Kendrick ride about the same stuff you've been riding for Eminem on except for the fact that Eminem is not black and Kendrick is, and therefore the, 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 the ethos and the pathos and the, and the things conceptually are more drawing uh, uh, or, 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 or you're drawn in by them more. But technically what's going on, Mike, is the same fucking thing. Well, Kendrick like, like, like he's a technical rapper, just yeah. like Eminem. He's a technical rapper like Black Thought and Rakim are, Mike. But, it's just he's not black. No, 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 no. Let's not do that because... Those guys don't have a, hi, my name is, in their catalog. They don't have a shoboing, boing, boing. But they in don't terms have of those technical records. rhyming patterns, what his I traditional technical... See, Mike, you keep talking about these songs, but what I'm talking about, what he traditionally does is that technical rhyming stuff, and that's usually what you take issue with. You really don't take issue with, hi, my name is. You take I, issue with the technical rhyming that really doesn't say anything. I correct? take issue with the corny records, too, because I know that <laughs> there's no way... That Jay Z and Nas would be able to get away with uh, my bum is on your lips. My bum is on your lips. 
He, they would never be able to get away with that. I don't things. know. They wouldn't. Come on, man. Running around with a cape with their ass out? No. Want, no, no, no. Dressing in drag? No, uh, they Larry, wouldn't be able to get away verse, with I that. I remember the verse to Drunk in Love. And I, I mean, come on, man. You oh, can't compare the verse to Drunk in Love. Remember the Uchi Wally remix verse? You can't compare those verses to the real Slim Shady verses. You can't. You can't. You can't. You can't compare those verses good. to show boing, boing, boing. You can't. Like they're not good. They're bad. This is what I'm saying. See, this is what I'm saying. We though. made this is you. What, you no, remember that no. song? We hold made on, you. Hold on, hold on. But I want you to listen to what I'm trying to tell you is that you see when <clears throat> when the black rapper spits the bad verse, are we criticizing it the same way you're criticizing Eminem when he spits the bad verse? Because these guys got bad verses. They got yeah, verses that are trash, like the Shaboing Boing Boing song. I didn't say. I didn't say. What I didn't do you mean, me? I ain't in it. Come on, man. It's not I'm the not same. Too. But that doesn't mean. See, but this is what I'm saying. <laughs> when he operates on another level and gets more lyrical, you're like, well, he ain't saying that. Well, he doesn't. Okay. Jay Short with the super chat. What says, is Kendrick saying? That's my whole point. Well, what is Kendrick talking about then? What's his message again? He has messaging, even though some of the messages are kind his of message, all over the place. His message is that you need to get up on your local network provider and see about getting you some therapy so that you don't have to stream or download or do what the fuck ever with his next album. Because that all the, it's not even a weed plate. It's a therapy plate that you smoke <laughs> some weed too with your therapist. Find you a cool, like, like holistic therapist that'll roll one up with you. Like the one that has like a eucalyptus, plant in like a bonsai in the office with the waterfall and shit. That's all that fucking album is doing. Okay? <laughs> Let me get to the super chat real quick. Jay Short says I found it interesting the lack of justification for putting Jay-Z number one. A lot of uh, a lot of mogul and Beyonce stuff. Not a lot of rap evidence outside of charts. I'm gonna read that because I didn't even read that actually. Um, Jay Short. That's interesting that they didn't go That's there me. with it. Uh, Nato the Great with the Super Chat says, everybody at Billboard needs to do a walk of atonement. And I'm a Kendrick fan. Uh, let's see. Jay Short also I'm says, A2HH and the listeners ate the reason. Uh, I'm sorry. Ate the reason and Nas was number three. I guess he said, uh, we are the reason. Yeah, are the reason that Nas is number three. I agree. They won't acknowledge A2HH, but they're listening and they use what's said here for credibility. I do believe you guys are the reason that Nas was so high and the run, obviously the run that Nas is on, but the fact that people are acknowledging this run, I think if it was left up to the mainstream, they would ignore this run and act like it never happened. They try to act like magic never happened anyway. Um, the call over the super chat says, Mike, you got to stop with these Eminem takes. If Red Man made those songs and albums, I somehow feel like he would not be criticized as harshly and would get respect. What you mean, if he didn't know? And he did like, but, I don't but, like but that. What thing, like, a lot of the I stuff can't. that you, a lot of the stuff that happened to Red Man is the stuff that's happening to him, though. It's like, well, how's the music holding up? Where are the real big singles but at? At least Red Man has some hardcore stuff. Let's say this, because I don't like the Red Man comparison per se, because, you know, he has the Method Man Association, the Wu Tang Association. I would rather compare it to something like Ludacris. And I feel like I've said these things about Ludacris. Have I not? I've said these things. Stay on Kendrick at number two. 
I've said these you know, things. Now we're gonna get. Let me get to the between Jay Z and Nas. Even the title, Mike. I just pulled up our YouTube. It says Billboard ranks Kendrick Lamar is the second best rapper of all time. Of all time, Benny and Hit Boy. Oh, Benny and Hit Boy have a new album coming. Yeah, I should. I oh, sent yeah. them a line on Twitter. They did not reply. <laughs> Morale prophetic with the super chat I'm says. Still waiting. Uh, Morale prophetic. Excuse me with the super chat says Mr. Morale is a classic Grammy winning masterpiece. Best no, rap it's album. not. Best rap album of the Grammys this year. It did that. We'll talk about that as well. So let me go so through. Poverty's Paradise by Naughty by Nature. Nobody thought it deserved it. We'll go through those as well. Um, okay, so here's Billboard's 10. They have released their 10 through number one of their top 50 rappers of all time. 10 Nicki Minaj. Hold on. I don't want to miss anybody's super chat. 10 Nicki Minaj. Uh, nine Snoop Dogg. Feel like I called those two. Can we just pause for a second? So, <clears throat> wherever Kim is, which was like thirty-one, we just need to take Nikki and Kim and swap them. Keep going, because every reason that you have down for Nikki being down there is like, oh yeah, but Kim did that first. So, like, <laughs> well, let me next. just read what they say about Nikki then. Okay, um, let's read Lil Kim's autobiography. Done over. They say Helen, Helen from South Jamaica, Queens, by way of Trinidad and Tobago. Nicki Minaj earned her crown as the modern-day queen of rap uh, with her fierce, braggadocious spirit. Her 2009 mixtape, Beat Me Up, Scotty, um, established her as a lyrical powerhouse shortly before she emerged as the first lady of Young Money, solidifying the label's um, uh, infinable uh, trinity as a top-conquering rap beast in Lil Wayne and uh, Drake. Over a slew of genre-bending albums, Pink Friday. Uh, Pink Friday. Say that again? Over a slew of what? Uh, genre-bending albums. Okay, not rap albums. Okay, keep yeah, going. Yeah, yeah, genre-bending. But that, that's your girl Missy, too. I love Missy. Genre-bending. Uh, Pink Friday. Pink Friday, Roman Reloaded, and Pink Print. And a killer verse uh, on the most famously Nas, I'm not my, Nas, Kanye West's monster. I knew they were going to mention that. Kanye Shame should be it. higher. Uh, Nikki has defended her title over a decade with incredibly animated flows and alter egos. From soft-spoken, pink-haired um, Barbie uh, to a volatile Roman with the British uh, cocky accent. She's undeniably blazed the trail for the next generation of female MCs, while at the same time building the legacy who impacts uh, is hardly limited to the hip-hop world. Nicki is one of only a dozen artists who have more than 100 Billboard Hot 100 entries and entered the, and I'm sorry, earned the MTV Video Vanguard Award in 2022 for her provocative music videos. Uh, listen, I... I clearly disagree, right? Because you know, Rock Kim's at fourteen. Nobody in the world would say just Nikki's swap better out. than Rock Kim. But I do like the fact that in this era, where the mainstream has clearly turned on Nikki and really kind of shits on Nikki, I'm glad somebody's giving her props. I'll say that. Swap her out and stick her at thirty-one where she belongs, please. Burning with the super chat says, uh, "M, I had an awfully hot coffee pot." <laughs> that's a hot coffee pot yeah 
Peter Parks with a super chat says, Guys, I know for a fact that the industry is checking for you guys on the low. They're trying to steal your sauce, but they not authentic. Can never be authentic. I think it I I actually think that this list is reflective of them being shaped by some of our critical thinking on here because when I was looking at how this list was formed, I was like, well, this is closer to how I would pick this list. With and the people like, that are left. With the people that are left. Yeah. And I'm like, well, because here's the thing, and this is what I mean about it, is like, how are you going to have Jay at number one? And then it's like, well, how about this? Not being funny, the guys with the least amount of hits on this list, in terms of like notarized and recognizable ones, are the guys they have at two or three. It's like when y'all get on some rap shit. You feel me? You know, having Kendrick in between Jay and Nas, like the debate's never been, you know, <laughs> who's better, Jay or Kendrick? You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I mean, and, and all jokes aside, it's like, well, I know to Pimp a Butterfly is better technically than like something like a volume one. But niggas ain't running around spitting the verses to like imaginary plays and a million one questions. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, niggas are spitting those verses still. It's like, what verse are you spitting off the Pimp of Butterfly like that? You know what I'm saying? A lot of speculation about the monies I've made, honeys I've slayed. How is he for real? Is that nigga really paid? Hustlers I've met or dealt with the wreck. Is it true he stayed in beef and slept with a What's the position you hold? Like, how many Kendrick verses off the Pepper Butterfly can you just start reeling off like that yeah. to really, like, justify, like, this is the guy that's right after the guy that you guys have notarized as number one? You get what I'm saying? No, and so the flow saying. of it doesn't make sense when you put Kendrick right there because it's like, whatever rubric they're using, well, technically, Kendrick would fall further back in this rubric unless you're rating it on albums. And even if you were rating it on albums, Within the realm of, of of this context, you would still probably put him at like four or five. Kendrick's biggest asset is his technical ability, and I know we said album like making Eminem? ability, but even the technical album making ability, the skits, the themes, his technical way of approaching writing. You know what I mean? But the other guys, I mean, it, let's look at the feature game, right? Because I think feature game, I. I think a lot of people don't put as much weight on it as it needs to be put that needs to be put on it, excuse me. But what feature game does in hip hop, it shows you your ability to adjust to other people's world. And feature game way nastier than Kendrick's. Oh yeah, it is. And and I don't think that he has the most versatile um scope of being able to adjust the tracks. He's scared of a DJ Premier track. And even with that being said, his feature game is still better. Jay Short with the Super Chat says, uh, Coop, that wasn't right to compare parody, Poverty is Paradise to Mr. Morale. Tretch was flowing on that album. <laughs> it, was the last, it, was one of, it was the last album I could think of, and it was 95. Think about it, it was 95. It was the first album, the rap, uh, first album to win the best rap album, because they didn't have that category before then. Yeah. It was that one, then the score, and then I think... It was think, their worst yeah. album. Yeah. It was. Alright, so, Nikki's at 10. Snoop Dogg and I wasn't trying to disrespect Tretch. Tretch is nasty. He's one of the most underrated MCs ever. I agree. Snoop at 9. Drake at 8. Should I read what they said? Mm-mm. Okay. 
Little Wayne at seven. The Notorious B.I.G. at six. Mm. <clears throat> I, and see, I never mind. Eminem at five. I want to read what they say here. I actually think that them putting the Eminem at five was a business decision. This is what I mean. And this is what I mean. They've been paying attention to us. They're like, well, if we put them where we really want to put them, <laughs> the hell that we're going to catch. They're like, have you been watching this guy, Coop? This nigga is crazy. Like, not like Richard Pryor, this nigga is crazy, but this nigga is crazy. And so, like, we don't want him to keep on pulling up because he's been spending the last two, two years up our ass anyway about a variety of things. But we still feel, you know what I mean? It becomes those type of political conversations. So I do think we're impacting this list some because it's like, oh, no, no, no. They want to put this motherfucker at number two. He's the one that they want to put in between Jay and Nas. It's like they want to have they want to have their classic hip hop street poet. That's Nas, quote unquote. They want to have their uh, their hustler businessman slash baller. That's Jay. And they want to stick that white boy right in the middle. But they know it's going to be a pull up if they if they do that. And so Kendrick, they would rather Kendrick get that smoke. Well, this is the swap, Mike. But this is what I'm saying. This is what happens when everybody gets on M. People like you get on Eminem for what he does, but don't get on Kendrick because he's black. Now they just done swap Kendrick in and everybody's like, oh, Kendrick don't deserve, deserve to be there. Well, no shit. If we would have addressed this Eminem thing properly and appropriately and respectfully. <laughs> but again, Kendrick. Now they're just swapping Kendrick in. I, they put I don't Kendrick think in Eminem's the... place because he's black and they don't have to worry about catching the smoke now. And now they're like, yeah, they're going to give the rapper from Compton some smoke. Good luck. Well, I don't think that. I don't think that they're in the same boat in that sense. Like, I feel like if you line up all of their albums, right, and you know, you ask what's the best album, top to bottom, I'm gonna go to Pimple Butterfly, Good Kid, Mad City, Damn, probably go Section 80, and then we might get to the Eminem show. Or it might be like slightly better than Section 80 or something like that. And I also feel like, like I said, with a lot of those garbage records that M has made, garbage albums that he's made, for whatever we feel about Kendrick being held so high, he hasn't really made, you know, bad product like that. Even this album that that is um is being critically acclaimed that just won best rap album at the Grammys, even though it's his weakest album, I still would put it above Eminem's weak efforts. I would. You know, so I don't know if they're in the I same wouldn't. boat that way. Um, I but wouldn't. I wouldn't. Really? So you? It's bad, Mike. It's oh real God. bad. I'm tired of. It's bad. It's real bad. I'll take recovery and relapse over that shit. Yes, what? I will. Mm, I don't know about Great that. Like we that. should. We should do a poll. Leroy Green with me. the super chat says, "What Great up, Mike and Coop? I don't appreciate Billboard biting our style, but they got number one right. Peace to a two H H." Yes. Yo, was you at the brunch, Leroy? I, I know. Send I ca- Leroy his money back, okay? He sent Leroy his money back. Leroy me. was sending us pictures uh, from the brunch. How do we miss the brunch, man? I, I still want an invite. I do. Andrew Green with the $20 That's super chat. Appreciate the love. It says, modern day media is thirsty to always find the next. Kendrick is being put out, uh, put into position by media to be the... Uh, Corporate the contention for GOAT next to Jay-Z. 
The same way that LeBron was put next to Michael too early in the resume. Hmm. I do think that, um, you know, this is what I'll say. And I know you want to bring up uh, Eminem in this context when it comes to, you know, Kendrick and all of that stuff. But I would like for them to formulate an argument of why Kendrick is better than Nas to them. I, I mean, like, really, I, I really like want... what? Yeah, I want to hear that. You know, like... Like, at what? Like, no, no, no. This is what I mean about how... Because like, everything, like you said, that they hold Kendrick high for, Nas has in spades. Like, Mike, it ain't, it ain't <laughs> just spades. Mike, it ain't just spades. It's all the high spades. Yeah. It's like... So you want to like, talk about his storytelling. Okay. Big Joker. <laughs> yeah. I, you want to... Because honestly, let's keep it real. The one thing that they would knock Nas for in relation to Jay-Z is the hit records. Nas got more Thank hit you. records than Mike, That's why I'm saying. So yeah. how can you justify putting two... Like, like we don't have to get to five. Right. Let's look at three and look at four. And it's like, how the fuck you figure that? Yeah, like, how, like based on based on your list, not based on what we think, because we have to start looking at. Like I realize that sometimes when we're critiquing things, you know, um, I do this a lot when I'm out in the world. I try to look at things from the other perspective before I make a move. Right, right. And it's like, well, looking at it from your perspective, it's like, well, the shit that y'all holding him high for, it's like, well, the guys that are at three and four specifically, like three and four specifically, those two. Right. It's like. Well, everything that you heralded him for, it's like you understand the people that three or four actually do it like way better with better voices. Yeah. And, and actually, and even on both sides, still more depth of catalog of those quality of songs to show for it. So justify it in terms of like, um, and that's why I was asking you, are there people that are walking around here that feel like To Pimp a Butterfly is better than it was written? And tell me how. Because, you know, we look at Nas as more of, and I guess the mainstream, I would say, looks at Nas as more of a conceptual artist, an artist not, that's not really about giving you, quote unquote, club bangers, which he does. Like, and, and, and so if you ask a DJ, you ask two, you know, let's say a DJ, right? You get your pick between doing a whole two hour set of one of these two artists. Which artist are you going to choose, Kendrick or Nas? You get to go through their whole catalog. Do you want to play a whole two-hour DJ set of Kendrick music, or do you want to play a whole DJ uh, two-hour set of Nas's music? Because I don't, I don't understand what arena Kendrick actually beats Nas in. This is what I'm saying, and this is what I mean. So let's go to a couple things, Mike. I'm at a cigar bar late night on Sunday. Right before I'm leaving, I mean, and it's not because I'm in there. They don't know me. It's my first time in there and all that. I'm just chilling in the back. It ain't hard to tell comes on, Mike. I put it on my Instagram stories because it's like that. I was in another cigar bar, Mike, two weeks before that. If I rule the world came on, like just like randomly, like we're in Atlanta. We're not in New York. This is me in Atlanta. And it's just like this stuff is just playing. Now, meanwhile, we just got done interviewing the glove and I'm like, glove, what's up with Kendrick stuff? What do you think of it? He like, I ain't heard it. Mike, have you ever been outside in California where the traffic is thick, niggas have the drops back, and it's always sunny? So people are always playing music outside. So the fact that that man was in L.A. and telling us that he ain't heard no songs, but I'm still down here in Atlanta, cigar bar hopping, and hearing it ain't hard to tell. And if I rule the world, play randomly. Do you get what I'm saying? On what meter and on what measure? 
Like where? Jay Short, do y'all hear uh, Kendrick music out there in the streets on the West Coast? Uh, 36 Chambers with a super chat says, uh, look at the editors of the list for the top 10. I bet you you'll find Leroy Green's uh, name on the list somewhere in there. Jay-Z listed at number one. DeCarlo with the Super oh, Chat says great. the Eminem show. Ah, DeCarlo says the Eminem show is better than To Pimp a Butterfly and Damn. There are mad songs I go to on that album before those Kendrick albums. Stop it. Now I, I see why DeCarlo was I see why DeCarlo was telling me to chill out on my Eminem takes. That's ridiculous. Actually, Mike, <clears throat> if we're talking about replay value. It's not as ridiculous you think in relationship to To Pimp a Butterfly. Maybe with Damn, but the replay value on the Eminem show is pretty high, Mike. You've even cited it yourself. Like, think about it. It's his best album, in my opinion. Like, think about it. Till I Collapse, Cleaning Out My Closet, Superman. Um, yeah, they're, 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 no, they're, there's stuff on there that holds. Soldier. It's my joint. Soldier. Um, Didn't like Square you know, Dance. You got Sing for the Moment on there, too. Yeah. No, I mean. No, it's his best material, but I even. But again, we're we're kind of grading this on the curve because on the curve because his material doesn't have great replay value anyway. So it's like, yeah, it has great replay value for him, but I never go back to that album to be perfectly honest with. But I don't be going back to Kendrick's albums either. That's what I'm saying. Okay, that's fair. Um, just so, if it became a, so look, if that if hold on, so if the replay value was low on both, and it became like a numbers game, well, well, it was at, for me. Uh, obviously, we know why Eminem sells records, right? For me, I think it would come down to what's just the better album, and To Pimp a Butterfly is the better album. <laughs> See, this is what I mean. This is what I mean. Where Glove is changing my mind. I'm tired of saying stuff like that. It's like the better album is the shit that you play, but. Again, that's the problem with Eminem's albums that sell a bunch of records. The problem with Kendrick's albums. I feel you, but I'm just saying Eminem's record sales don't line up with how much these records get played. You know what I'm saying? That's why it's like because you know this is the thing. Like Country Grammar selling 10 million, you feel that because you hear these songs. As DJ Khaled says, it called it's called songs. That you play in real life, not these imaginary songs that nobody hears. And I hear you. <laughs> what I'm trying to tell you is, is that you're trying to create some sort of separation between Kendrick and Eminem, and I'm just here to tell you that. Uh, ain't really no, I've already work. conceded to the fact that to some degree he is the black Eminem, but I do think that you know I think well, his, then, then, his then, quality then, is then. better. He has a a good kid, Mad City, where Eminem doesn't. We don't even know. If the quality is better, Mike, he hasn't been rapping long enough for us to gauge it. Because to be honest with you, if we were gauging it, and I've told you this, like Section 80 isn't an official album release. He's still independent. So a lot of that people look at that like an independent release or a mixtape. So really, he did three major label albums, which is Good Kid, Mad City, It's a Pimp a Butterfly, and Damn. And then he did the um, little Untitled Unmastered thing, and then he disappeared for five years, Mike. And so the reality of the matter is, is that like by a lot of standards, he's really only got three dope major label albums that he put out. Well, shit, so does Eminem, but at least Eminem kept rapping. Does Eminem have a better album than Good Kid, Mad City, in your opinion? No, not at all. And I I would probably agree with you that To Pimp a Butterfly is better than the Eminem show at the end of the day, 
just in all honesty, like there's not a how much a dollar costs or a hood politics like on the Eminem show. It's you feel not, what I'm saying? Or these walls. These there's walls, not, or yeah. Right. No, so man. I feel you, but what I'm saying is, is like, oh, well, really, when I look at it, like <clears throat> on other people's rubric, Mark, like based on how they're rating it, it's like, oh, well, there ain't that much of a fucking difference. Like three great albums over here, uh, two great albums and one dope album over here. You took a five-year break. You dropped some shit that sucks. I don't care what people keep telling me about it. It's whack. People inside the industry know that it's whack. People be scared to tell this man that it's whack. I don't know why. I'm going to be out here telling him that it's whack until he makes something better that he's actually capable of making. Jay said it was special. Did you see when Jay-Z pulled him to the side and said his album's special? He told Jeezy that Jeezy's first album was a classic. Mike, what do you think about that? I think it's no, just Mike, Jay-Z Mike, being I Jay-Z. I question. Jay told Jeezy that his first album was an undeniable classic. What say you? I say Jay-Z's being Jay-Z. And, um, Thank you. Yeah, Jay-Z's being Jay-Z. Thank just you, you run with the Super Chat says, Stop it, Coop. M uh, have really bad albums after the Eminem show. Relapse is a thousand times worse than Mr. Morale. Awesome. I'm with he's you rapping, on He's rapping on Relapse, and he's actually talking about going to therapy Instead of trying to put you through therapy. <laughs> Morale of Prophetic says, Nas ain't got no mother I sober or sing about me. Hmm. Hello? <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Where have you been? Anybody heard Rewind? Where have you been, young man? I don't know. Where I think he's been? new to the show. I love it. Just, though. Welcome just, to just, the no, show. No, no, no. Just, just, just. Just, just, just go check the catalog and start. Have, from the top. We, has the anybody catalog, heard Rewind? Chronological or start wait, wait a minute. Has, has anybody heard? I give you power. I gave you power. Excuse me. Has anybody heard Rewind? It's very problematic. The things that are happening if you don't educate people, Mike. It's, it's wild. Can I get a blaze man. of fifty, Mike? I was actually thinking, let's go personal, like Kendrick does. Like, let's go fetus or Papa was a player or drunk by myself. Yeah. You feel me? We could go there. Like, which way would you like to go? Yeah. Which way would you like to go with the storytelling? Jay would, you like to go, would you like to go to shootouts and the setup and the message, Mike? You feel like you feel you feel me? You want to keep it gangster? Go shootouts, message, setup. Uh, I was thinking what goes around comes around too, but if we want to go like you know social political, socio political, um, Jay Short with the super chat says, "I can't believe I'm defending him, but even Relapse has some banging uh, Dr. Dre beats on there, and Recovery has some hits." Mr. Morale has neither. With I'm with Coop on this. Now I will say this. I'm to, telling uh, you the truth. Relapse and recovery are better, Mike. Because they have about three or four songs on there that you can actually play as a hip hop fan and be like, yo, this is dope. It's almost all done by Dr. Dre, coincidentally enough, but still. Thumbs up in the chat. I want everybody to get in this conversation because we're about to get real, real deep, real heavy on this subject. Um, real quick, I will say this, man. He got nominated, Kendrick that is, for eight Grammys, right? Two of them were for Album of the Year. Well, not Album of the Year. It was Album of the Year, Best Rap Album. So two of those were album um, nominations. The other one was for the melodic um, category. What is that, Mike? Yeah, that's some other shit, right? But the other five were literally for the Heart Part Five. And the Heart Part 5 was not on the album that we originally listened to when it was released. They later added it. Saying all that to say, it does validate your point and Jay Short's point about the lack of bangers on there because five out of his eight nominations from this album 
came from a song that's not even on this album. If it's the first time that he's ever put one of those on his album. Yeah. So if he had things on that album, first of all, he never would have had to put the Heart Part 5 on the album in the first place. And those other records would have actually gotten the nominations except besides the record that actually didn't make the album. So that does validate that. You know what I mean? That's like if Stillmatic comes out. And I want to keep it in Nas terms, right? The Stillmatic album comes out and the Stillmatic freestyle is not on there, right? And for whatever reason, he ends up having to put the Stillmatic freestyle back on there. And it's like five of his eight Grammy nominations come from the Stillmatic freestyle. It's not even supposed to be on the album. Well, here's what's crazy about it, Mike. Let's let's stay right there. We're going to call him number three downstairs since he's number three. Number three downstairs? Well, Stillmatic is so great that you forget that he even did the Stillmatic fucking freestyle. Well, that's what it's supposed to be about. On. I mean, that's you what, every, what I'm saying? That's like, what every other Kendrick album is. You do not listen to st- Mike. By the time you get done listening to like You're the Man, you ain't even thinking about the fact you're like you don't you forgot that he made the Stillmatic freestyle again. To Pimp a Butterfly and Damn and uh, Good Kid, Mad City is so dope. I don't even care that the Hearts didn't make it on there. I don't remember. I the don't even remember. Those records right. are so good. Thank you. Exactly. I don't even remember those. Yeah, because the Heart Part Five was supposed to be a warm up, like everything else is. Like, okay, get ready for this album. Boom, boom. I mean, it was common knowledge, at least from us, you know, hip-hop fans and Kendrick fans, that this ain't going to be on the album. And then to come back and find out that this song gets five out of your eight nominations, that really doesn't reflect well on the album itself. I would say that. And the fact you had to go back retroactively and put it on there. It would be one thing if it was initially on there and they were like, you know what? This Heart Part 5 is so good. We got to put it on the album. They didn't put it on the album. They it's retroactively just, put the shit on the album. Because it's not good. Like I told you. I'm just saying. That, it's not good. I'm saying all that to say that it validates your point on that. It does. Their moves validate that point. But like, right, because if the music was great or if the music was even good, well, these moves would not be getting made. Now, would they? If that album was what they said it was, the Heart Part 5 wouldn't have got any nominations. It would have been something else that's no, on the album. understand, when you're adding a song to an album that it originally wasn't intended for, yeah. and you get the nominations that you garner, and literally, I'd say what, in, in, in technical terms, I think it'd be like 68% of your nominations are coming from a song that wasn't included for the project. Well, that means the project wasn't that good, because yeah. where are the songs and where's the hoopla about the project? About the songs that are actually on the project. Right. Like, the car- where's the hoopla? Like, what song did he perform from the project the other night? Who? Kendrick. I don't think he performed the other night. No. So let me get this straight. Yeah. <clears throat> this is what I want people to understand. So hip-hop's turning 50. There's a hip-hop 50 performance. <laughs> this is got to get named number two on the all-time list. He's there winning best rap album. He don't perform no shit from the album. The one best rap album while hip hop turning 50, and I'm a hater and I'm tripping. Shut the fuck up about this whack ass album, please. The Carlo with the super chat says the real business move was putting Drake at eight. 
Uh, he's the LeBron equivalent in hip hop and who they really want to make the go. I would say break out for Kendrick. I'll be happier. I, I would, do. Think I would. That, I would accept that more. I'm surprised that they didn't put Drake over Wayne because I feel like the industry has been trying to push Wayne behind Drake for a minute, and I thought they were going to do it on this list. So I was pleasantly surprised that they did not do it. But so that's I what like I mean. Where I feel like they've been listening to us, though, Mike, because I feel like the way that they wanted this list to go, it was going to go more like Jay Z, Eminem, Drake. Wayne, Pop, Biggie. No, no, Kendrick. Kendrick was gonna get a top spot. I predicted Kendrick at four, and I oh, know. No, 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 you're right. I'm sorry. Slap yeah. Pac and Biggie down some more, and Kendrick. Yeah, well, I yeah. predicted Kendrick at that four, and I thought that was overzealous. I didn't see two two no, no. coming. No, no, no. They they wanted to put like they wanted to put those guys up. They wanted to go J, uh, M, Drake, maybe Kendrick, and then Wayne. Mm. Yeah. Rigoroth seven with the super chat says, um, "What up, homies? Ken, Kenny winning and Nas not nominated isn't surprising. Um, he's pimped the agendas and people's feelings, and they want to push it. Told y'all, Nas didn't submit the music to uh, be, uh, uh, you know, you have to submit, so it wasn't submitted in time, I believe." So, yeah, like people, I think people think that they just be like, hey, you motherfucker. It's like, no, no, no. There has to be like a submission. There's a whole it's a business, Mike. There's a whole process. Well, yeah, I think the cutoff is. Uh, well, I think there's a, obviously a submission, too. But did he meet the cutoff, too? No. Yeah. eleven eleven is is in time. If I'm not is mistaken. But he, I don't but, think but, so, because I remember to not to Pippa Butterfly. Uh, my Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy came out in November and they pushed that to the next year. Did it? Yeah, they did. I'll yeah. check. I'll see. Yeah. I think, you know, either way. Either way. Um, I think Magic... Where was that my, performance at, though, Mike? Magic might have been the one at? that wasn't submitted. He just won Best Rap Album at the Grammys. He was there. Hip-hop was turning 50. Where was the performance? You want to know what? Because here was the thing. He didn't want to perform because they was going to want him to do all right. And the problem with doing all right is like, well, you just made an album... They just want the best rap album. So if you have where the song off that album that you can perform, <laughs> there ain't yeah. one. Yeah, no, that's fair. And that's why relapse and recovery are better. Oh no. A B studio with the super. Go listen to Relapse says, and Recovery, Mike. Mike, huh? if you go listen to Relapse and Recovery with a fair ear, you will walk away saying it's like, damn, I don't believe Cooper's right that like this is better than I that. I will do that. The, I'll then do that, that, then that holistic therapy session Kendrick just had to get us. He's like, he just tried to tell us to get some electric blankets and like bake, bake marshmallows and like talk about our childhood trauma and shit. It's like, no, nigga. It's like, I wanted some shit to ride to today. Yeah. Like, nobody's trying to do that with you, fam. Yeah, after five years, you know. AB Studio with the Super Chat says, I'm about to re- I'm about replay value. Both M and Kendrick have little replay value. I follow K-Dot since swimming pools uh, and I'm all for him growing as an artist, but no. I mean, it is what it is. And I, and I like that point, AB Studio. Shout out to you. He says, I mean, you always hear people talking about, oh, let artists grow, blah, blah, blah. Or y'all want artists to do this. Y'all want artists to do that. No, we just want something to enjoy and to ride to. Ain't nobody listening to it like that. Like, do your thing. Like, we, I applaud any growth that an artist has. But if I'm not a fan of the music, I'm just not a fan of the music. It's not like I'm not a fan of your journey. Like, I don't really like 444 because I just can't. I mean, it's not some of my favorite stuff by this particular artist. 
Now, I applaud where he was going with it, but I don't listen to it. And it's not personal. I just don't. Recovery and relapse actually had themes that the artist followed. All right. Um, the DeMont show with the super chat says, Mike and Coop, Nas was never going to get the top spot. That's a fact. Him getting third is the best that uh, he's ever going to get unless he's unless he's dead. I, you know, I think that him being See, third. Y'all gotta stop talking that way. Yeah, I don't, I don't like that. Term. I know where you're going, but yeah, I don't want to put that in the air. I will say this, man. I was surprised that he was third. I thought they were going to throw him up there at eight or something. I thought, I thought they were going to eight or nine him. I did. Yeah. That's why I was like, oh, they really don't want us pulling up, huh? I mean, with him being third, that lets you know that he deserves to be number one, clearly. Um, <clears throat> On a list like this, look at the people he's around. That's what I'm saying. It's obvious that he's the best of these yeah. people that's left. <laughs> like it's, anybody who this? wrote, how about any, this? anybody who people? actually, oh. uh, you know, formulated this ten. Like I said, I would be willing to debate Nas over any of these guys. Easy. Well, here's the problem. Here's the thing. When you look at this, it's like, well, the only viable argument that you have is Jay. Mm-hmm. Which means you don't have one because we just know what this run looks like and what yeah. the battle looked like. He's, he doesn't have one tiebreaker. He's got two tiebreakers. You feel what I'm saying? Yeah. And so, like, from perspective of that, and this is even with respect to Pac and Big, it's like when you look at it, like when you look at this list, Mike, also, like you're like, well, really, it's like, and this is why Big and Pac are still loom so large. The MC shit, it's like, well, if you actually look at it, it's like, J, Big, Pac, Nas. <laughs> like when you look at the list. Yeah. Like those are your MC, MCs on the list. You feel me? And it's like, well, of those four guys, it's like, well, he was there before two of them, technically. It's outlasted all of them. The albums, the catalog, like the only thing he doesn't have is the bigger records than them. Like the only metric even by which J and Pac and Big Beat Nas is on the impact and on, like, the classic, like, hit song making. He's got them on everything else, too, Mike. Yeah. Yeah, so, of course, he's got, like, Drake and Wayne and Nicki and Kendrick and even Snoop. I mean, let's Snoop's look at the top five, impact. too. And, you know, Pac aside, because, again, I think that's more of an asterisk situation. Um, Jay-Z, Nas, they can out-rap everybody on this team. Yep. I mean, you know, big's big, but heavy at the big. But yep, even, but even big. with that being said, I think you Don't and I, some rap we shit, have Mike, constantly too. said lyrically, both of those guys are better than big. No, no, no. That's what I'm saying. Mike yeah. on some rap shit, though. Even, even, even like better than yeah. big. At, like you know, and big would probably tell you that like on some toe to toe shit. Yeah, yeah, those yeah. Guys. yeah, yeah. Double uh, O Seven with the super chat <laughs> says, uh, for a publication like Billboard to put Nas at number three is actually a win. Uh, with mm-hmm. that said. Uh, get that list the fuck out of here. Um, no Raekwon, AZ, and many others. Pitiful. See, but that's what I mean. I'm looking at it on how they're doing things. And this mm-hmm. is what I mean. Is It's like at the point, and you're right, at the point that they put Kendrick at number two, it's like, well, Nas is number one because, well, he just does all those things better. Like yeah. literally all of them. Like I don't think anybody of any era who... The only way that you could put Kendrick ahead of Nas and try to argue that is if you don't know Nas's resume, right? Anybody who knows both resumes of both artists, there's no way that you can actually well, formulate see, well, see, an argument. 
But this is what I mean about that catalog shit, Mike. It's like, well, that catalog thing is where he gets held so high. It's like, well, yeah. that don't mean shit to Nas's catalog. Like, no. it, like it's like you take you walk Kendrick's catalog up to Nas's catalog. It's like, man, walk that back down to like, look, put Good Kid, Mad City at like number six. You feel what I'm saying? Number six? Nah, that's a bit harsh. Hold I on. Know. But see, so, now I think this is the thing. So this is what he I'm would saying. Run now, out. I'm not joking. Hold on. Like, 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 let's walk it back. Is it better than it was written? Good Kid, Mad City? Yeah. I think to most people it is. Yeah. Okay. I think they're crazy. I think the Stillmatic um, and Illmatic off top, right? I think that KD3, even though it's very new, it's a conversation. But uh, but again, even if we're playing oh, that oh, game, cool, cool. Even oh, if we're playing that game, he just no. doesn't have enough quality no. efforts because, like no, we no, said, no, 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 we no, know no. what Nas's top eight looks like. He ain't even Damn got eight that. albums. Yeah, yeah. Damn all that. Yeah. On a Patreon, it was written versus Good Kid, Mad City. You're tripping. That's what I'm saying. Master Shireen or the message. You feel what I'm saying? Listen, I like it was written better. I'm just telling you, like, as far as, like, mm-hmm. what the matter is. You don't want that to. kind of smoke. That's what I'm saying. He don't want, but that's what I'm saying. His best album, and I'm saying this respectfully, he's known for his albums, but I'm not joking when I say, oh, no, his best album is, like, four, five, six on Nas's shit. And I'm not exaggerating when I say that because Good Kid, Mad City is not... It's not it's not even a conversation if it's in the stillmatic it was written or illmatic like like to me. Like it's not it would wax it, Mike. Listen to think about the songs that are on those albums and tell me where where Good Kid Mad City is really better outside of like money trees and like bitch don't kill my vibe. Like bitch don't kill my vibe is up against street dreams. That's not even a guaranteed win for it. I gave you power or backseat freestyle, Mike. You feel me? Yeah. Yeah, he ain't winning a lot of them records. He ain't winning them records, Mike. DeCarlo with the super chat says Kendrick is not the black Eminem. At least Eminem uh, competed with his class in years, and he was releasing. Um, he was releasing, and that's disrespectful. <laughs> I ain't Love talking about Eminem generations. Fan. I'm talking about the songs, Mike. That's what I'm saying. That's what we do with the Patreon. No, fuck all that generation shit. Okay. This is what I mean. You can't kick that generation shit when it takes a nation of millions to come on. Now, can you? Or when no. Peyton we can go come song on, for song. You? I would love to see that. Uh, KC1 yeah, with the Super that. Chat says, and Jay-Z hasn't we'll made a that. good album in 20 years. But we don't talk about that. Now, uh, okay. No, KC1, we do talk about that, but people KC1, call us haters we about do that, talk too. about that. Jay-Z, right. Jay-Z about hasn't that. made a Jay-Z album or an album that reflects the level of an MC that we remember him to be. What is it? 2000? All right. 14 years. I think the Blueprint 3 was the last time we got a Jay-Z level album I agree. that was at the level of what we remember Jay-Z to be. So that is fair. That is fair. Uh, and we've said that too. And I've, I've been the one that's been thrown under the bus many a times for highlighting that. Uh, Brandon Sloan with the Super Chat says, I finally found imperfection uh, with this album, Kendrick's uh, Grammy speech. I wonder what he means by this. Was he trying to break his classic album run? Hmm. Maybe it was some... Trying to break his classic album run. No, that nigga just ain't got it right now. Talking about trying to break. No, no, no. This is the thing. And this is just my opinion. I'm in no one's head. This is just an observation from a a hip-hop man. Who tries to break a classic album run? That's like a team that steps out. It's like, you want to know it? I know we can, but we're going to try not to win this championship. 
This is what I'm going to say. Uh, this is my observation as a journalist and as a hip-hop fan. It feels like the break was so long because he lost inspiration. He didn't have it. And um, the music that he was making wasn't coming out too well. Sounds like that the label was like, look, man, it's been five years. We got to put something out. And it sounds like they settled for material that was being made, possibly being left over. And this is what we got. Um, I don't think one one waits five years to put out something to break a classic streak. I think when you wait, it's tougher anyway, right? When you wait. But if you actually got it in the canon, that's the time to bring it out when you've been on a break for so long. Like the king is back type thing, you know? If you are who they say you are, you know what I mean? Like, if you're that guy, you're going to come back like, you know, Jordan came back after the uh, year when he played half a season after baseball. You want to show people who you are and that you still got it. You don't go out there and say, you know what? I just want to show people that I'm going to be out in the first round. You know, they've already got the championship, me. Come on. Jay Short with the Super Chat says, Streets Disciple or Mr. Morale? Uh, if we're saying Street Street's Disciple. Disciple, Kendrick has no argument because Street Disciple isn't a top five Nas album. Street Disciple is not a top ten Nas album. Thank you. It's, you know Street's Disciple's better. I don't even think around, Street's Disciple, in my opinion, and I've listened to it recently and it's better than I remember. It may not even be a top 15. How many albums does Nas have? Right. Yes, a lot. Um, Tracy Suggs musically Street's Disciple is just like better than Mr. Morale just musically like like in terms of like you hear a beat it's like oh like yeah well Street's Disciple has Steve's theme on it and Sekou's story in just a moment yeah unauthorized biography of Rakim mm-hmm. suicide bounce with Buster Rhymes yeah right Tracy Suggs with a super chat says LeBron is all time great don't forget the game has changed for the game to I'm sorry, the game has to has to be changed for the game to thrive. Analytics play a part. LeBron is also a physical specimen. Definitely. All of those things. Again, I, I think that his endurance and um, his ability to be available without injury, it's remarkable. Uh, no, or, him, and, him and Nas and Tom Brady are like, you know what I'm saying? Exactly. Like, exactly. Yeah, They're living in their own they universe do. right now. Right. Our man with the super chat says, peace. Uh, did y'all peep the, uh, oh, no, no, we didn't peep the dead in hip hop uh, MC report card. We'll check it out. Uh, the categories they have is vocab, flows, versatility, originality, articulation, delivery, persistence, innovation, albums, X factor, and overall. Damn. A lot of stuff. Um, another super chat here before I read this Eminem thing. I can't wait to read this Eminem thing because I'm probably going to go go nuts. Pause. Uh, BCM with the super chat says AZ is better than Eminem and he has a better catalog. What's no, that you about that? He doesn't. Mm. I disagree with you. I, I think he does. What Eric Terrell with the super chat says Kendrick is not from NY or the 90s. He can't be number one. He's got Door Die 1 and 2, and what's the third best project? Pieces of a Man, mm-hmm. Sosa. Yeah, Pieces, I was of, a say man. Pieces of a Man. Pieces okay. of a Man is great. 
You think it's great? I think it's just good. It's really? just good. It's just good. I put those three albums over Eminem's three albums, in my opinion. Okay. Um, let's see. He's a better lyricist. Yeah. Leroy. How's that impact and storytelling and all that other stuff going? You get what I'm saying? Uh, impact is deceiving, but yeah, I think Leroy Green. Storytelling's not. Mm. Leroy not Green like with the super chat says, um, "Cool, Nas ignored mainstream hip hop for eighty five percent of his career. We should be glad he's number three off mostly all B sides, street records, and mostly no big records. That's why he's number one. Thank you. I hear Nas is like when I'm out sometimes, you know." You hear all his stuff everywhere, Mike. I'm on fire was literally the theme music for the LeBron James intro. I was about to say record last night. I heard a whole lot of Nas records on uh, on NBA on TNT last night. A whole lot. I heard Rare Form. I heard, like you said, I'm on fire. I heard. Uh, I want to say I heard thirty. And so for somebody who doesn't make, I guess, viable commercial music, I heard a lot of his music last night. They sure have been using the this shit for stage. years too, Mike. This yeah. ain't the first time. Yeah. Or the second time. He did with the NFL draft like in 2015 or 16, whatever year Nasir came out, was using shit from Nasir. So it's like, stop I, making it seem like... Obama came out the Ultra Black. That was his theme song. <sighs> <laughs> oh, the irony, right? Uh, KC1 with the Super Chat says, uh, it was written is uh, light years better than Good Kid, Mad City. And JC still hasn't made a good album in 20 years. <laughs> the 20 year mark, okay, 20 years puts us at the Black Album. That's some hyperbole. You know what? Yeah, that's if hyperbole. Somebody feels, going, that's what they're trying to say. If somebody feels like, you know, he hasn't made that level of an album since his retirement, I'm not mad at that because I don't think that the Blueprint 3 is a classic. I think it is just a, a volume two level Jay-Z album. Volume two, volume three, level Jay-Z album. Um, now, I do think American Gangster is stellar, but that's just my opinion. If somebody feels the other way and looks at American Gangster like they look at the rest of his career and be like, well, where the bangers on it? He didn't really have any American bangers on there outside the of the Rock Mike. Boys. Hmm? I don't love America. Okay, so here's how I've always felt, though. Mm-hmm. For me, I love Reasonable Doubt. Mm-hmm. It's his I best album. Volume- yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, fuck yeah. Reasonable Doubt, Volume 1, Blueprint, Black Album. Everything else is just good to me after that. Like, 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 none of the other stuff is great to me. And American Gangster is the closest one that gets to great, in my opinion. And I consider that and the Blueprint 3 to just be really good, not great. So for those of y'all that feel like the Blueprint 3 and American Gangster are great, it's like, I don't agree. And so if somebody felt like that the Black Album was the last time he made some epic shit, it's like, well, I kind of feel that way to a degree. I kind of like, you know, try to look at things for what they are and people for who they are fundamentally. Mm-hmm. And so my expectation of him as a hit maker was different than most people because I never thought the hits was like that anyway. So I can appreciate American Gangster and the Blueprint 3 the way a mm-hmm. traditional fan can't without those, you know, uh, home runs outside of Run This Town and Empire State. Yeah, and see, that was always the argument when uh, American Gangster came out and then the Blueprint 3 came out because I was one of the people like, yeah, I like American Gangster more. But the people who know Jay from the commercial stuff 
they're looking at the two albums and be like, well, American Gangsta ain't got no Empire State on a mind on it. It ain't got Run This Town on it. It ain't got DOA on it. And it's like, well, I guess you're right. But again, that's B-Side J versus Mainstream J. I was about to say. And that was the last time he did that. Right, but there's no Sweet or Say Hello on the Blueprint 3. You feel me? And that's the guy that I love. Yeah, I like B-Side J over Commercial J any day. Right. And and here's what I'm saying, and this is what I mean. It's like, I don't know how you feel. You know the record I know on mm-hmm. American Gangster? I don't love that record. Okay, I prefer that Jay on a solo mission than Jay making hit records with other people, though. I agree, I agree with that. I agree with you that. You feel me? And you know what? You're right. right. And I think that's like, one like of the... record feels more like Jay than those records on the Blueprint 3 do. You feel I agree. Me? And I think that's why I favor American Gangsta as well, because it's him on a solo mission. I'm like that on the Blueprint. I'm like that with Reasonable Doubt for the most part. And even though Reasonable Doubt had features, it was still kind of like Supreme clientele-ish in that way, where it was like, he was still running quarterback on every one of those songs. Well, that's because the rap features are few and far in between. The rap features happen on track three, track nine, track 11, track 13. Yeah. You feel me? Yeah. Jake Short with the yeah. Super Chat says, Seriously, Kendrick fans are doing themselves a disservice by pretending that this album is good. You're... Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, you're, you're encouraging. You're, you're an enabler. Yeah, he said you're encouraging more mid music. Be warned. Definitely. No, this is exactly what I've been saying. What I'm saying, it's like, no, do not enable this man and tell him that this shit is good. And like, so, I, so I guess off, your stance, your stance, not to interrupt you, is as a Kendrick fan, you're making sure you hammer home the notion that this album ain't it, so he can do better. Whereas the rest of the people are kind of dealing with it and kind of pumping it up more than it needs to be and he's going to continue to do this stuff and this is what's so crazy that i've been going through this currently online mike who criticizes nostradamus more than i do i mean i don't know i think everybody right i mean you criticize. no no no. i said currently currently yeah i mean you do now who do i think is the greatest mc of all time nice so when I'm criticizing that album to the level that I am, I am doing it based on something, correct? Yeah. Expectation I, of what you're capable of. Yeah. Stop yeah. telling me this album is good based on what he's capable of is all I've been saying. I don't give the guy that I think is the greatest MC of all time a pass on that. Why the fuck would I give Kendrick a pass? And I didn't give him that pass when I was younger, more impressionable you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like I didn't give that shit a pass when I was in my 20s. It's like, why would I give him a pass now? I didn't give my favorite rapper a pass for dropping that shit when I was in my formative years. Why? Listen, even I, I give my favorite rapper growing up, at least he's not my favorite rapper now, the blues, Andre 3000. And y'all call me a hater. We got to hold people accountable. The people that we're fans of, mostly. You know what I mean? Like, you just got to be real objective about it. Gary hey, Pierce if anybody would... else, Mike, if anybody, no, let me say this right quick. Mm-hmm. I can think of about if 85% of the game made this album, I would probably tell you it's a good project from him. He's not 85% of the game. Yeah. Obviously, he's number two on an all-time list. He's number two on an all-time list, Mike. That Where Rock Kim is number that 14. That makes me want to rate the album lower that you put him this high. You get what I'm saying? That makes the album worse that you put him this high. Yeah. It's like, I'm telling you it's a three out of five. It's like, oh, you think he's number two? Two out of five. <laughs> Gary Pierce with the Super Chat says, 
Illmatic, it was written, Stillmatic, Lost Tapes, Godson, KD3, all better than K-Dot's best album. Oh. Uh, wherever that album is, carry on. And Nostradamus is smoking this album, Mike. Mm. Nostradamus is smoking Mr. Morale. Yo, Brian's back in the chat, man. Brian called us live again. Shout out to you, man, with the super chat. He said, Eminem's albums are the most popular from the 2000s. That destroys your argument about replay value. You can fact check, but you won't. Uh, Who else got 20-year-old albums with the numbers that they get today? Okay, well, this is what I'm going to say. Replay value, replay value. Who is playing this stuff? Um, Where is this stuff being played? You're talking about companies replaying it. I'm talking about the culture replaying it. You get what I'm saying? You're talking about the business entity. I'm talking about when I asked Glove if he heard Kendrick's album, and he's like, well, I heard one song on radio. I was like, but what have you been hearing when you're outside? He's like, I haven't heard anything when I'm outside. That's what we're talking about. I want to I wanna read this first sentence again. He said, Eminem's albums are the most popular from the 2000s. Most popular to who? In hip-hop? That can't be right. You, you couldn't have been around the 2000s watching Rap City and say that. You know what I mean? Now, if you want to talk about they were the most popular on MTV and on TRL and stuff... And the people who were playing like Britney Spears and, you know, Backstreet and all of that, that could be argued. But in hip hop, I don't think so. You remember that DFX show that MTV used to have? Uh, no. They kind of had like a set that was like TRL. They had it going up against 106 and Park. Oh, it probably failed. Yeah, it did. But it was a dope show. I think uh, mm-hmm. I think Lala hosted it. Caduce hosted it. Oh, I know what you're talking but about. But Eminem wasn't getting no play on that show. I used to just like flick yeah. over to see Lala right there. You go like back and forth. Eminem wasn't getting no, yeah. get no play on no hip-hop ran shows, even on MTV. They saved his stuff for TRL. So if you want to say his albums were the most popular, to who? Is he our first pop rap artist? Vanilla Ice and Hammer, but... I mean, I guess they actually got some level of credibility thanks to 8 Mile. Yeah. I think he had credibility before 8 Mile, but never mind. Keep going. Where are we at with this? CJ Kid with the Super Chat says, uh, if you had to treat QB's finest uh, for Nas's, if you had to, I'm sorry, treat QB's finest for, I guess you mean trade. If you had to trade QB's finest for Nas, like uh, we. If you had to treat QB's finest for Nas like we treat the dynasty for Jay and add it to Nas's catalog, where would you rank QB's finest in Nas's discography? Okay, I got you. That no no commas be messing me up. Um, I don't think QB's finest is as good as the dynasty, in my opinion. But I do. In Nas's catalog, you think the QB's finest even registers though? Um. <clears throat> There's some special stuff on there, like self-conscious with Prodigy. Mm-hmm. Find your wealth is on there. Mike, you're gonna be hard pressed to find a better posse cut than the Bridge 2001. What? A lot of Hall of Famers. <laughs> a lot of Hall of Famers the on there. The personnel's great. Huh? A lot of Hall of Famers on that record, Mike. The personnel's great. They got the whole bridge on there. Got the you got the bridge on the record. Yeah. Um. So there's some stuff on there. The, the We Live This Shit with Havoc and uh, Roxanne Shante. Mm-hmm. No, nah, that shit hits hard, Mike. The pro- Prodigy's stupid on the QB Finest album. I'm going to go back and listen to the QB's Finest you, album. You really it's need to. Minute. I mean, like, like, how about this song for some... Oh, Mike, Fire by Nature is on QB's Finest. 
That's the best shit nature ever did. He was literally on fire during that record. Yeah, I remember that. The best shit he ever did. Fire is the shit. Like, yeah, I mean, just for me, Mike, song for song, I think there are better records on QB's finest than the Dynasty because I think after 1900 Hustler and This Can't Be Life, I would probably think, take, like, if we were doing best 10 songs between the two albums, I would probably take This Can't Be Life and 1900 Hustler. But then the next seven songs I would take would probably be QB finest songs. Hmm. That might, yeah. that sounds like it might be a Patreon. The uh, call over the super chat says, uh, "Mike just be putting anyone over Eminem." Thanks for keeping it a hundred. <laughs> I don't think AZ is just anyone, but okay. Eminem fans are insane. We posted on According to Hip Hop that, you know, Haley got engaged and congratulations to her and her fiance. <laughs> and you should see the things. That these Eminem stands are saying in the comment section, like, better treat her right, man. Uh, like, they know this motherfucker. It's crazy. <laughs> Y'all, Eminem stands are insane, man. And, I, and, and, you know, shout out to her. I'm, you know, they were mad that we didn't post the guy's name. Like, so y'all Ooh. niggas, the people in the comments, they were mad because we didn't post the fiance's name. So y'all people could go out there and, and camp out in front of his house or something? Like, dang. <laughs> Let the man marry his woman, man. Congratulations to them. Our man with the super chat says, based on um, Dead End Hip Hop's rating, Doom, uh, some members rank Doom higher than Jay-Z. Interesting. Uh, Gary, <laughs> Gary Pierce with the super chat says, Nas has 15 studio albums, two lost tapes, and three collabo albums. The Firm. QB album and distant relatives. Damn, how is K Dot in the universe, let alone in the conversation? That's a fair question. That is a fair question. I mean, I know they want to say we're Nas Channel and all that, but everything you just laid out there, and not to mention all the tons and tons of unreleased material that didn't make it on any of those efforts. Uh, BCM with the super chat says, "Nah, Asiatic is a classic." Yeah, man. AZ got I like joined. Asiatic. I like AWOL too. Yeah. Uh, Gary Pierce of the Super Chat says uh, Jay has three classics. That's it. Several good albums. Um, let's see. Get some more Super Chats. Jay Short with the Super Chat says American Gangsta is not a classic. That's Jay's fans trying to sneak a classic in because he's spitting some dope talk. I Am is better by Miles. Wow. Uh, Web visibility with the super chat says for all the hate Nas has gotten for his best for his beat picking, I would say Eminem is the worst beat picker out of um, Billboard's top ten Ooh, by far. What? Now, 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 hold on. By now, far. Want, now, now, if you want to talk about something that I will be in agreement with you on criticizing him on, I do not love his beat selection at all, and I never really have. Especially with him having Dre in the fold. How about this? Everything that I just said about about Kendrick to Glove, and I was like, man, sound like Kendrick need you and Dre back in the studio making some shit. I could say that about him too. It's like Kendrick's know, whatever production. y'all cooking up. Like, how about this? They need to tell him and Kendrick, no, 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 you rap over this beat because I said so, nigga. Well, Kendrick's production is leagues ahead of Eminem's production. Eminem's production has a problem because he can't rhyme over rhythmic tracks. And he has to rhyme over pulsating tracks. He has a rhythm issue. And that's why his beats are the way that they are. 
You are so disrespectful. He, he does. He can't rhyme over a DJ Premier track. He runs from it. He's from Detroit and has never rhymed over a Dilla track. He runs from it. He can't. And even when Dre, the great Dr. Dre, produces for him, he changes up his whole style so it fits to Eminem's style. Even when Eminem gets in a cypher with the uh, Slaughterhouse, they have to change the beat for him. He gets on a record with Conway the Machine. They have to change the beat for him. He has a rhythm issue. He can't rhyme over the stuff that other MCs are rhyming over. I mean, proof positive. It is what it is. I'm not going to do this with you today. It's the truth. I gave you evidence. So, so give me the reason why you know on this two thousand one album where everything is grandiose. So you, you got stuff. No, no, you got no, stuff like hold on, hold on. Let me, let me no, finish no, no. my thought real quick. Let me finish my thought for the people. <laughs> you got grandioso stuff like next episode. You got stuff like still dre. But when he gets on the track, is like come on, man. They have to change the beats for him. You want to know what? Funk Flex clown ass can issue challenges. Let's issue a rhyme challenge. We want to hear Eminem rhyme on a DJ Premier beat. Is that what you want? You want some? It's never going to happen. Limited to DJ Premier. Can we do like Pete Rock, Large Professor, RZA? Will those? Will that do, Mike? Will that be sufficient for you? Give me DJ Premier Adilla. I if wanna... I can find, if I can find Eminem rapping over a beat from somebody who is technically considered to be a quote unquote. Uh, rhythmic hip hop producer, Mike. Will you will you stop this? If he rhymes over a DJ Premier track or a Jay Dilla track, why does it have to be Premier? Because Royce is in a group with Premier. Royce has done two albums with Premier. He had a uh, Premier doing a Slaughterhouse record on a shady album. He dodged it. Mac Miller has rhymed over Premier stuff. Premier has always been the standard. If you can really rhyme. You rhyming over a premiere record, right? So how does uh, Royce get in a group or premiere and we've never heard Eminem over a premiere track? I'll settle for Dilla too because Dilla is Detroit and you're supposed to be Detroit. You ain't never rhymed over a Dilla track. Everybody from Detroit's rhymed over a Dilla track in his era. Got a rhythm issue. And there's no easier producer to rhyme over than it is Dilla, man. Dilla makes the beats that make you want to rhyme. Leroy Green with the super chat. I can't even front. I was just Mike. I was just listening to Dilla beats last night just because, and it's like almost I got lost for a minute. Yeah. How the hell yeah. Eminem ain't never rhymed over a Dilla track? That's fraudulent. Sorry. Drums is different, Mike. Yeah. Like it's I was rhythmic. listening. Didn't you know? Even when Didn't yeah. You Know came on, I was like, well, that's you can. It's just rhythmic. Drums are different. You can't go out there on on that shit with like one man on the planet. Like, you can't do that stuff on there. We got a pro- who, who produced any man, Mike, on Sound Bombing? Who produced any research. man on Sound Bombing? No, 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 go ahead. You do the super chats. I'm going to do the research. Okay, go ahead. Leroy I mean, Mike, super chat. Mike, we can't trust you, Mike. You might not give us the right producer. <laughs> I don't make up things. Leroy Green with the super chat says, respectfully, this is why I don't want to see Vinny turn into Sky Zoo because it becomes about being uh, dope for not having big records. Goats Pause. do both equally. Pause. You want to know what? This is what I mean when I'm saying, like, glove changed my mind about some things. So, you know, I love Griselda. I love what they're doing. I love what they've bought back. They've bought back that core 
East Coast hip hop sound and aesthetic that I grew up on, quite frankly. That mm-hmm. that mob beat, that Nas, Big L, Biggie, Locks, Wu, Tribe to a degree, because Tribe's boom back. Tribe's a rap group, Mike. They're a real hip hop group. I hate when people try to make it seem like, but they're not. It's like no yeah, motherfucker. Have you heard those beats? They're a rapping ass rap group. All right, stop that. Even Daylight, Mike, they're a rapping-ass rap group. They're a rap group, mm-hmm. Mike. Stop trying to make them into some alternative fucking flower pot fucking kids. They're from the fucking island, Mike. They're from Long Island and Queens. Like, stop making it seem like they come from a different place than these other dudes, you know, at the same time. But Griselda's bought a lot of that back, Mike, but it's like, <clears throat> these conversations with Glove have made me be like, well, it's like, man... No, these moments matter when you like make these records. And maybe it's like there's a such thing as being like too tapped into the streets where you're so tapped into the streets that you never really realize what your full potential could be. And I'm going to tell you what, because of talking to Glove, and I say this, I've been going back and listening to Benny's first album with Hit Boy. Burden of Proof. Mm -hmm. It's better than I thought, Mike, because he was trying to make sure that him and his camp didn't get pigeonholed a certain way and you need practice and you need to break free. And so I'm excited about the re-up with hit because it's like, I think he needs to do it because it's like, how about this? Like, I know for whatever it is with uh, him and Gibbs, you know what I mean? But like one way flight, Mike, like that was one of the records on there. It's like, no, no, no. You hit the mark with that. And some more of that does maybe change things. Do I think he's about to make nothing but a G thing? It's like, no. But what Leroy was just saying was very, very valid. You know what I mean? And so what I'm hoping is, is, is that they're like really, really cooking up. But also, too, that's why I hit them up. It's like, no, no, no. I want to I want to support that and get that out like any way that I can help, too. I think I we should do a, um, not to interrupt you. I think we should do no, a ahead. station head uh, for when that album drops. I think, you know, I know. Hit Boy hadn't responded to you yet, but I'm pretty sure that, you know, we put together a station head or whatever. Those guys would be very responsive and, um, you know, being a part of that. And I think it'd be fun. I think it's an album worth listening to in mass with the people. Because when we did that KD3 listening event, that was fun. I want to do that again or, or with some new music. So, I mean, I mean, not being funny, you know, like... <clears throat> If Nas don't want to pull up, like, you know, I mean, that's cool. Because, you know, he's kind of like, you know, he's Nas. So that is what it is. But it's like, and I'm not being funny and I'm not being arrogant when I say this. It's like, no, we do have over a million followers on all of our social media platforms and we are impacting the culture. And so it's like, no, I feel like we can help, like, like in a positive way, like with the Benny and the Hit Boy thing. Mm-hmm. And I want to. And also, too, and here's what I'm saying is it's like, well, I don't think people understand, Mike, is it's like, well, sitting down and breaking bread with us, it's like, well, we can cycle that out everywhere, every which way on top of whatever work that y'all doing. I already see the work that Wesley Griselda puts in. It's like, well, why wouldn't you want to have more people working to help your cause? It's like that's because that's really what the media is really supposed to do, Mike. Mm-hmm. Like the media is really supposed to help the cycle of all this stuff get out and siphon out and let the people decide who's the best. Right, right. It's our job to just put you in the cycle. Yeah. We're not supposed to tell. We're really not supposed to tell. Like, we do a show where we do a music review, but we're really not supposed to tell people who's the best and who's not. We're supposed to put it in the cycle and let the people decide. Right. Now, I feel like we've grown enough and impacted enough that we can actually, like, jump in the cycle and, like, like, like help things some and, and would like the opportunity to do so. You yeah. know? It'll be fun. 
And, you yeah. know, everybody will win. Uh, AB you Studio. Know, I offered to go to Cali, but I'm looking for an excuse to go back to Cali, Mike. <laughs> AB Studio with the Super Chat says, which producer you favor? Jay, uh, I'm sorry, Jay's albums. Just Yay or P? I thought he was going to ask Yay or Just Blaze. Um, just Yay or P? Well, I don't think... Yeah, you know how I feel about the Neptunes. I don't even think they're in that conversation. It's going to be between Just and Ye. And I just think from a ground level, Kanye West is just a better album producer than Just Blaze. Although, Just Blaze has probably made some of Jay-Z's strongest songs because of the vibrato of it all. But I think when times change and you're not looking for just I guess a 2003 sound or a sound from a certain era, you got to go with Kanye West. I think that that right now for a new Jay-Z album, I think that's the best pairing that he could do. Uh, I mean, I think Kanye is probably the best pairing just about anybody could do, but I don't think Jay's going to go to Kanye. I think that it's kind of a, I could be wrong. This is just the fan talking. I don't know the intricacies of it. I don't have any outside information or inside information for uh, for that matter. But it feels like Jay-Z wants to prove that he can do this without Kanye in tow. Because Kanye has really been involved with pretty much all of his, many of his successes, big successes, musically over the past 20 plus years. I mean, I'm not going to give him a lot of credit for the Black Album. I'm not. No, no, no. I agree with that. I agree with that. So I'll give him the Blueprint help. But even with the Blueprint help, Mike, that's only half. He set the bl- he set the Blueprint for the Blueprint. He might have set the Blueprint for the Blueprint. Because, I mean, we heard Just Blaze records well, before that. Well, how about this? Let's give him half because Bink was still there mm-hmm. and so was Just. So let's give Justin Bink half and let's give Kanye half. And we also that? know, I don't know about Bink's records, but we also know that those records like Never Change, Heart of the City, those were older records. Like he actually sold that to a Chicago group that Never Change. Remember they had to run down on them and all that shit? <laughs> Everything else was kind of made on the spot. So it's kind of noted that those records that Kanye made for the blueprint, they had some age on them. You know what I mean? I love those records more than y'all do. But I understand what those records are. Like production wise, I love them more than y'all do too. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, like as far as Kanye, the producer, like the way that I revere him is like, quite frankly, it's like, well, I think about the beats that are on his albums, not on other people's albums. That's the stuff that I really remember from him beat wise. It's like, how about this? Ain't no damn crack music on the blueprint. <laughs> <laughs> no, I agree. He tailors the production to the artist. I mean, we saw what he... I think the production job he did on B was better than the production job he did on the Blueprint. It was, but that. But this is what I mean about the beats, though. It's like, well, outside of, like, the corner, which beat on there is really, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, up there with the beats that's on his best shit. <laughs> I agree. I agree. I'm, I'm trying to think the best produced album that's not his album... Yeah, he gave himself the best. Yeah. He gave, but he gave. I told you, Mike, when I was doing the Kanye versus Kanye, the main thing that I noticed was like, man, Kanye gave Kanye the best shit still. Mm-hmm. And I think the closest that he came to giving somebody else the best stuff around the time he was doing something was Common with B and Push for Daytona. 
What Kanye is able to do, and I'm sure most hip-hop producers do this anyway, but he's such a talented producer, that, and he's such a fan and a hip-hop head, he taps into what he likes the most about those MCs, right? And so it's kind of like he gets to know them as a fan and kind of directs them into their strong points and kind of makes them believe. No. You know See, what I'm I mean? Like, that's what I'm saying. Any man is produced by the beat miners. Okay. So don't tell me that the man don't have rhythm. That's man, the beat miners. come on, man. Any man is... Come on, man. No, that's a I want to hit this nigga over some permission. Any man. No, no. You, I'm you're sorry. Saying... You... Any man is not going to even be in any type of Eminem discussion. The only people who know any man like that is the people who follow Soundbomb. And let's be real. And if we go back and listen to that oh, record like Mike, that we now, didn't ask, No, Mike, stop doing that. You asked about rhythm. And, we, and you pulled out a record from Dude, damn near before he was even people signed. people who have rhythm. Yeah, and beat miners actually adjusted their track once again. Any man doesn't sound like the rest of the stuff they make. Everybody has to change their style when they make a beat for him. Gary Pierce with the Super Chat says, Replay value isn't Billboard charts or RIAA certification or MTV. Uh, from Billboard standards slash pop standards, it should be M, Drake, Lil Wayne, Jay-Z, Tupac from sales and charts. I agree. Like, replay value is not record sales. Come on, man. Um... Let's see. I know we're missing a whole bunch of super chats. Let me catch up with these real quick. 36 Chambers sure. says, uh, my son's teacher assigned a rap poetry assignment tonight and used Eminem as a barometer for what an MC, uh, for what MC's writing should be. Uh, should I have, <laughs> should I have him listen to, uh, to the she bong, she boing 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 song for a written inspiration? I think you should. I think you should. I think that uh, I want to know what records they're actually talking about that are, I guess, literary standards. Maybe it's rap guy. Maybe it's like So let me tell you something. Uh Eminem rapping on Guilty Conscience or Role Models isn't good enough for you. Mm Mm-mm. Okay. Um... Ain't no niggas bumping that stuff, Coop. No, let's not be No, no, no. We're talking about man. rhythm, Mike. Mike, we're not talking about niggas bumping shit. We're talking about you Come said on. he can't rap on rhythm. You said he has a rhythm yeah, issue. Yeah, he has a rhythm issue. And so, and can, so can you hear him rapping on no, Let I'm Me Ride? Mike, I'm just trying to qualify what you quantify <laughs> as him having rhythm issues. So any man by the beat miners isn't helping with your rhythm issues. Role models and guilty conscience produced by Dr. Dre not helping with the rhythm issues. I'm just making sure that we're clear. Right, right. He do you hear him rhyming over "Let Me Ride" or something like that? I don't know. I don't know many rappers that can rap over "Let Me Ride." Actually, I mean, Dr. Dre could. I mean, fine. Yeah, with Snoop and the DOC right there writing it and telling them how to do it. Of course, he could. <laughs> Mike H with the super chat says, "You guys were lukewarm on uh, KD one. Don't apologize for keeping it real in regards to Nas." Yeah, I mean, KD one was. I think it's the weakest of the four, to be honest. What, it was what's the cool. weakest of the four? KD1. I was like, yeah, you know, yeah. when KD1 oh, came out, yeah. we were like, yo, this is better than I expected. KD2 came around like, whoa, they just then got better. And then Magic came, was like, what's going on? And then KD3, it's like, they out of here. Lex Diesel with the Super Chat says, Nas's song with Scarface called Hip Hop may be one of his most slept on collabo records ever. I forgot all about that song. That's a great record. 
Is that the DJ Khaled record y'all talking about? What remember if I get locked up tonight? Yeah, I had that uh that Funk Flex CD, Big Cap. Rest in peace to Big Cap. What so no was like still? um no, I mean it's still no one of them cool, cool. It's still one of them pulse beats. It's like doom, 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 doom. It's like How about it's what's no the rhythm. difference? Mike, what's the difference? He was the offbeat on that song. He was. Cause exhibits in there while you play with it. Uh it's like why y'all play with it. Purple Chase stayed with it. Never do about the next level until Dre did it. He comes in there. Uh he's like, sorry, Dre. Ooh, well, let's no, do no, this no, shit Mike, right now. This fucking weed no, is in me. No, 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 Mike, I got you. <laughs> this say shouldn't be this say. difficult, Coop. Nope. Say what you say. You can't say pulse shit beats. about say what you say. Pulse beats. And he's not off beat on say no, what they, you say. No, these are pulse beats. It's like boom, boom. The dum dum dum. No, Mike, that has dum, drums in the dum, baseline. Dum, no, man, these are rhythms, man. Say what you say is produced by Dr. Dre. You're it not is. about to tell me that this it shit is. don't have no baseline. I'm not saying that you made that part up. I'm not saying they have a baseline. You're talking about rhythm, right? It doesn't what we have rhythm rhythms. On? It doesn't. You have to baseline make pulse right? beats for Eminem. So say what you say isn't is isn't rhythmic rhythm rhythmically inclined. It's not. No. <laughs> Libra Day with the super chat says, uh, someone named Nikki M. Drake album better than B. Huh? Someone named Nikki M. Drake album better better than B. Hmm. Not Crack sure. a bottle, Mike. Crack a bottle. Not really a big fan. Brian with the super chat says 3 a.m. <laughs> I like 3 a.m. 4 a.m. What was it? 3 a.m. 3 a.m. I don't it's think 3 a.m. You know think 3 a.m. is hard, Mike. Come but on. It, it's not rhythm. It's kind of that rock rap stuff. You know, I you actually know I actually See, like... No, I mean. no, no. Hold on, hold on. I like when he does the rock rap stuff. Like, I love... Um, Let's pause. You want to know what we're doing? What's Fuck up? all these battles. We're playing Eminem's catalog on Patreon. Let's do it. I'm excited. We're going to get to the bottom of this. I'm excited. You're turning into the problematic one. I want you to understand. <laughs> I'm excited. Brian with the super chat. I know Brian's going to chew me out for this. He says, Mike, I was talking about his album popularity today, not back in the day. Spotify charts, uh, YouTube videos, etc. cetera. Uh, currently, the Eminem show is the most popular 2000s album. Mockingbird is number one song. Um, we ain't actually, talking about that. The Eminem show is the highest selling rap album of all time or hip hop album of all time. Is it? Um, it is. Yeah. That's ridiculous. It but, is. I mean, I, you think it's ridiculous? I mean, no, I mean, it's not even a top 50 rap album in terms of quality. So, yes. I would like it's the his best album? Say, like, here's what people have to understand. Okay, see, what makes Thriller and Purple Rain and albums like that special isn't just like the album sales and the notoriety and the legend behind it. It's that the actual quality of music actually matches the output of what you see. So when you see the shit going diamond two times, it's like, no, 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 no. It's well, supposed to be going diamond two times. When doves cry and Billie Jean is on these motherfuckers, it's supposed to be going diamond two times. And so I am surprised because when an album hits big, there is usually a relationship to the quality that is high when it hits on a certain level. It is. It's always been this way. Well, he's you the highest selling... He's the highest selling rap artist of all time. It's his best album. And it dropped around the time that, you know, he put out a motion picture. And so, yeah, I mean, I think all no, stars. It's like a rap purple rain. Like it's like a rap purple rain, but that's what I'm saying. 
Purple Rain's like like Purple Rain's weak song is like baby I'm a star. But imagine if I mean close your eyes and imagine if Prince was white making this music. He was androgynous and he light skinned it with like like some sort of like like mohawk wig jerry curl. But imagine if he tights and a blouse. Imagine if he was white and he dyed his hair blonde and he went after um you know pop stars and stuff on his music and still made Purple Rain. The sales would be out of here. He didn't need to do that. He's Prince. He just made Purple Rain. I understand that. I'm just saying he, he would have done two Rain. times more than that. No, no. I get what you're saying. If you're you're saying, had he been white, Purple Rain's the biggest selling album of all time. Not yeah, Thriller. Right? Exactly. Yeah. I get it. I get it. No, I hear what you're saying. But we can't change these things, though, Mike. And we can't dock him for being white, but so much. I'm not docking him. I'm just putting in context this record sales stuff. No, but, 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 but okay, but this is what I'm saying. You put the context with the record sales stuff, but then you go to the context of, well, the soul stuff. And then well, you go to the context he, of the rhythm stuff. So all, all of the context is based on him being white, though, Mike. He runs from DJ Premier Tracks. Rhythm is a big part of hip-hop. You have to be able to catch the beat. You know what I mean? Uh, Mo Better Co. with what the about Super Superman? Chat. Ooh, Mike, Superman. Don't get me wrong. I love these hoes. There's no, oh, no, he's skating on Superman, Mike. He's skating on Superman. <laughs> Let me get to these Super no, Chats. He's I'll, on Superman. I'll address Look at you. I'll address that. Mo Better Co. with the Super Chat says, uh, Some of M's beats are very Looney Tune-ish. Um, Jay Short with the Super Chat says, um, Would you guys take K-Dot's first three albums of Black Star, Train of Thought, and uh, Quality? Uh, my point is, Kwali had a similar start to Kendrick, but we have to see it play out before we give him number two. Interesting. DeCarlo with the Super Chat says, Mike, that was hilarious, and you're right. Not sure which part he was talking about, but I feel like I've been right the whole time, DeCarlo. Right the whole time. <laughs> AV Studio with the Super Chat says, Kanye rapped over DJ Premier Beats, listened to um, Better Than I Ever Been song. Uh, with KRS and Rakim. And Nas is on there too. Uh, is he talking about the classic song? There's a lot of gems um, by verse-wise, by Ye in the past, yeah. But we just can't say that Eminem doesn't have rhythm because he hasn't rapped over a DJ premiere beat. That's not fair. He's been working with Dr. Dre his whole career. He has rhythm and time in mic. Okay. He does. Dr. Dre changes up his production whenever he... No, no, no. Both, but, hold on. But can't both things be true? I think there's a reason why he changes up his production. I think there's a reason why he doesn't rhyme over Premier or Dilla tracks. I think there's a reason why he gets on a record with Conway yeah. and the beat has to change when but he what, when it gets to his part. There's a reason what you, for that. What you're, what you're saying is is slightly dangerous to me because what you're inferring is is that the white boy don't have no rhythm because white boys don't have no rhythm and that's just not the case. Well, it's not just I mean, it's just a it's an Eminem issue. Obviously, that wasn't Mac Miller's issue. He got on DJ Premier tracks and was sliding. He got on um uh the same sample that um 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 damn Lord um well, I'm talking about Lord Jamar. You know, I'm talking about um. Lord Finesse. Hey, hold on, hold on. He hold jumped on, on the Lord Finesse track. I think somebody killed. just said what I was trying to say in the chat. Hold on, let me and get to these super chats. I don't want to oh, skip no, no, people. No, hold on. I don't no, skip people. S dot B made maybe the comment of like Eminem has rhythm but no soul. I think you're talking about the soul, not the rhythm, Mike. Okay. Well, that still keeps him from rhyming over Premier and Dilla tracks. 
Why does he run? Control, you can't control what MCs rhyme over Mike and say that he. Oh, how about this? Any other he MC, runs from no, no, Premier Mike, Track. Any other MC that would say I, that hasn't rhymed over Dilla or Premier Tracks is black. You wouldn't say that they don't have rhythm because of those things. And yeah, if everybody was changing up the beat whenever they came in the room, yes. Like, why does he always have to get his beat changed for him? Why does somebody have to make a quirky beat? You remember what the um. You remember the Missy album, The Real World, her sophomore album? Yes. Even the uh, song that he's on on there, Timbaland had to change it up to some... I mean, there's a reason why producers are doing this. They're not just doing this to do it. He can't rap over certain stuff. It is what it is. Why, why do you think even on uh, The Blueprint, everything on The Blueprint is soulful? We get to Renegade... And it sounds like it does. He can't rhyme over heart of the city. He but can't rhyme over about, no kind. Once again, no, no, no. no. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Real quick. Soulful, not he rhythmic. Cool. Forget Premier for a minute. You're on the blueprint. You can't even rhyme over a Kanye or Just Blaze or Big Track. You said soulful, though, Mike. Even you yourself said it's not soulful. It's rhythmic. It's just not soulful. Some Kendrick answer. doesn't a lot. Kendrick and Black Thought do it a whole lot, Mike. Jay Short with the super chat. Jay Short with the super chat says, "I think Eminem and fellow Detroiters, Black Milk would be a good combo. Both have a similar rhythm, but I don't think Eminem's fan base would allow that collabo because they don't like hip hop. I think that's Ooh, fair. Hold too. on, you want to know what, Mike? No, I got you. Okay, some of Eminem's earliest freestyle. You know what one of Eminem's favorite beat is, right? There it's phone tap, Mike." There's freestyles of him rhyming on phone tap. If I can find the freestyles of him rhyming on phone tap, will you let this go? No. Because the glove got rhythm. And phone that tap was a million rhythm. years ago. No, I want like recent you stuff. Like, see, see how you're changing the argument? I want like, recent oh, but That was stuff. years ago. It's like you want some evidence that he can rap yeah. over, over something with some soul. There's definitely, there's definitely some soul on that. Now, phone everything that you're naming... It's Slim Shady Eminem stuff. I want to hear, I'm not afraid Eminem over some rhythm shit. But, Mike, it's like riding a bicycle, Mike. Once you learn how to ride the bike, you don't forget how to ride the bike. Where is that? So if, he, so if he can ride a phone tap beat in 98, then he can ride it in 2022, Mike. You don't Mike, no. That's like playing a quarterback position. It's like when you start seeing certain things... You never stop seeing them once you start seeing them. Your body may start breaking down, but you don't lose like rhythm and timing. It's just the timing and the rhythm may get slower as you get older. Tom Brady didn't lose his rhythm. It's just the rhythm is slower because he's older. So the reaction is slower. You're comparing him to great people. He's not that great. And um, and I don't think that he's proven that he could do those things to that level. For me I to just feel like you, I just named you, songs. You're naming, you're like naming oblivion. No you're naming, like. you're naming subpar records that really are rhythmic that ain't nobody. But I just said phone tap. I ain't never heard that shit. <laughs> I ain't never. <laughs> it must not be that good. Hold on, man, hold on, hold on, hold on, Mike. How is the record? The how is any man subpar? When the fuck did sub? But the, the any man I don't know. I was talking about his. See, his no, no, no. See, no I'm talking about his phone shit. tap. You're like, just, like, you're changing it. No, 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 Coop, you you're changing subpar. it. It's forgot about Dre subpar, Mike. Coop, you're changing it. Subpar. What I said was Bullshit, the phone. Mike. You're not letting me finish. You're, you're not gonna let me finish, Coop. Coop, you're not gonna let me finish. What's the difference, Coop, subpar? Coop, Coop, you're not gonna let me finish. You're changing you everything I said. That you know not you're subpar not even listening. You gonna let me finish, Coop? Because you're full of shit. No, you gonna let me finish. I didn't say that. 
what I said was the phone tap freestyle was subpar. And then you start throwing in all the other stuff. I didn't say no, that. No, but I've already named all those other records, and you said that wasn't enough evidence. I How said that they, what I said, what I, what I said about Any Man and what I said about those other records you named was that they changed the beat and their style to adjust to him. But I'm it wasn't giving you what, like, that's not the beat minor style. On what's the difference? The beat's not changed. He's off beat on what's the difference. And I said that too. What I said not was off beat on what's he the is. difference. Right? He, you know what you know what the first thing he said on what's the difference? Stop the beat a minute. Right? Isn't that what he said? And then he just started <laughs> damn near talking. So I'm just I'm just being real. Stop the beat a minute. I got something to say. Hey, let me say this shit right now. Why this fucking weed is in me? That's on rhythm? I love you, dog. Forgot I got your motherfucking Dre, back. Just know that shit. Forgot about Dre. <laughs> Again, another beat change. And like I said in the beginning. Change. It's still a beat, Dr. No, Dre. No, what beat. I'm saying is. You don't get to pick the Dr. Dre beats that have rhythm or not, though, Mike. Cool, cool. You Who can't... produced Forgot Listen, About Dre? Cool, cool. I hear you. And you just. No, you, I don't think you do. You're not listening. To, can you let me finish? No, you're picking and choosing to make I'm your not argument. picking and choosing. You're not even letting me talk. <laughs> what I'm saying is, you can listen to the production on 2001, and you listen to those beats, and you tell me that Forgot About Dre doesn't stick out production wise like a sore thumb. It's clearly tailored for the individual. And it makes sense with the interview that you did with The Glove that this song it's was older. made in 97. Right. It wasn't even made around that time. But and you know why? It's not about the rhythm. It's about the timing. It's and the about the sound. Dre has to change his production style to fit him. Eminem can't just adjust to other producers. The producers have to adjust to him because he has a rhythm issue or the soul issue. The job Whatever. is to adjust to the artist. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> oh, now you guess it's the producer's job to adjust to I the guess. artist. I guess. Let's get to our next I topic. Guess. This is wild. It seems it's just like, funny, Mike. You have these ideals about things, but when it comes to it, the ideals start changing. It's like, no, I guess I'm it's I'm the just saying, when, job to when it comes to, the to it's funny though when what, it's what 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 did Hit Boy just get done doing on KD three adjusting to the well artist? you know what Hit Boy did what what I feel like Hit Boy threw Nas a whole bunch of stuff and Nas caught it no one ever does that for him people have to adjust to him because there's only a certain box that he can rhyme in production wise that's why his beats are so bad. BCM with the Super Chat says Armani Caesar had the best album out of Griselda. That's an interesting take. Uh, I would go for Pray for Paris, but, you know, it's just me. Eric Terrell says, Mike, do you think Jay would work with Hit Boy? Uh, for a whole album, I would like to hear it, but I think after what Jay, what Nas and Hit Boy just did, I don't see Jay doing that. I would see him kind of going more so... Uh, um, a no ID route again and running that back before he does that. But I think that'd be dope. Hit boys on fire. I'm just, right I'm now. just asking questions, Mike, because it's like, <laughs> and I'm just trying to answer them. <laughs> but it's like, you know, no, no. It's just like, when you say things about rhythm, it's like, I mean, you understand that this guy's wrapped on Dr. Dre's beats more than anybody else. And you're trying to say he doesn't have rhythm. Well, I'm saying Coop, and I've said this probably for 30 minutes now, the beats that Dr. Dre makes for him, are not the beats, you're not letting me finish. <laughs> are not the beats that Dr. Dre is accustomed to making. If and I heard, fine. if I heard, a, no, no, if I heard a bunch of, of of production, let's say Dr. Dre had a whole drive, 
and he's playing me all the stuff from the drive. I could pick out the stuff that he made for Eminem. No, I, I'm, and I, I actually agree with and what you're saying. And the whole cadence changes. No, I get what you're saying, but here's where we kind of part ways. You're sitting up here and saying, well, he doesn't have any rhythm. It's like, no, no, no. Do not tell me that these Dr. Dre beats, even though they are altered differently, do not have rhythm. That is still Dr. Dre. Like, do not tell me that. That's what I'm trying to tell you is, is that like, no, is it the rhythm or the melody that we're used to hearing from classic hip hop artists? No. Is it something that I normally listen to? No. But stop making it seem like Dr. Dre doesn't create every track with rhythm, Mike. It is why he is widely considered to be the greatest producer of all time in terms of hip hop terms. And so is it the rhythm that we like? No. But don't tell me that all these tracks, like I just got I just got done looking at like 30, 40 tracks he's rapped on with Dr. Dre. Do not tell me that this kid does not have rhythm. You do not get in the studio with Dr. Dre and rap over 30 or 40 of his tracks without rhythm. That's where uh, I'm coming from. Although I hear everything that you're saying, like what you're saying, Mike, in a vacuum, I agree with you. But when I look at it as a whole, it's like, well, how are we defining rhythm? Well, this is the thing. I think that if we look at those Dr. Dre tracks, yes, they may have a certain patch or feet rhythm to them. They're not the most rhythmic tracks. And maybe soul is the term that I'm looking for. More so than, I guess, rhythm. He doesn't have soul, Mike. The shit don't have no soul. Yeah, it's hollow. But we know that. And and you want to know what? He can be offbeat. But do not tell me. Like, I've heard this guy in too many ciphers, Mike. I've heard him rap over too many beats. Like, you remember, like, the uh, the 50 Cent's uh, mixtapes where they're dissing uh, Ja Rule and all them? Like, he's jumping on, like, some of those old Tupac beats and stuff, too. Like, yeah, he's got some rhythm, Mike. That's some. Like, some? So, uh, it's all convoluted. Don't either one of these niggas deserve to be in the top 10? <laughs> DJ Bruce Almighty with the Super Chat says, I'm not a bigger Eminem fan, but he can rap. He stays true to him. His music isn't for us. Doesn't make it, um, doesn't make it trust. Doesn't make it trust. Okay. Um, let me get through these Super Chats. and We kind of went off on a tangent, but I like it. DeCarlo's coming back with even more. Says Mike is moving the goalposts. I'm convinced Eminem didn't want to sign you or something by the way you treat him. No disrespect. No disrespect taken. I just think his music's not good. I just think that his rhyming is um, non-rhythmic. And I think that when you're from Detroit and you've never rhymed over a Dilla record and you run from Premier Records, it's kind of suspect. Uh, Lex Diesel with the Super Chat says... Common and Pusher are both inferior rappers than Nas, but Kanye laced their albums way better than he did Nasir. He owes Nas an apology. I think I think that the time and kind of I think that's just timing. Yeah. I think that it was rushed. I think that that and that's on Kanye. You know, from the stories that you've told me, you know, that you've had with the conversations you've had with the plug and all that and how last minute a lot of things were and how rushed things were it's like when an artist like Nas that's not how you work and I think that both of them as great as they are at their individual traits I think at that moment in time their processes clashed and that's what we got well no here's what I think I think this is what I mean like Kanye is so big that even in a room with Nas he's like I'm Kanye so I'm gonna do Kanye things Mm-hmm. Like that's how that's that's the level that Kanye's on for better and for worse. 
And so for somebody like, and it probably not affecting, but so many people like that, but you probably as a producer can't walk in the room with Nas like that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And have the situation work. Cause it's like you're Kanye. It's like I'm Nas. You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? But I think though, not, uh, Kanye is still a fan, but you know, you're right. Kanye still fan. understands that he's, you but know, in his Kanye. mind, he's Kanye. Yeah. So it's like, even if I give Nas 60% of my best shit, that's still 50% better than what the other producers give him in my mind. Right. I'm Kanye. Right. Right. The Carlo with the Super Chat says, Eminem is the Jim Carrey of hip-hop. That's why he's so cartoonish. I could see that. But we like Jim Carrey, and we embrace him, and he was the only white guy in living color. Except for, you know, if we're correlating funny to dope MCing, Jim Carrey's actually really funny. Uh... <laughs> Chris White with the Super Chat says, Eminem rhymed on those type of beats during his mixtape era and killed it pre-Dr. Dre. Y'all need to send me these mixtapes. You know what? Um, info at accordingtohiphop.com. Send me some links. I'm going to dig and find you yeah, some. Yeah, I would love to hear some of the stuff y'all talking about because all the stuff that I've heard sound like that stop the beat a minute, that type of stuff. Um, 36 Chambers with the Super Chat says, I haven't heard much M." Uh, from the infinite days, uh, was he rhyming over classic beats then? What beats was he rhyming over in the battles back then? Not sure. Um, Chris White with the super chat says Eminem sound bombing to any man. Of course, we're gonna always go to any man of his long illustrious catalog. We're gonna continuously talk about any man. Shout out to the it's a beat great song. DJ Bruce Almighty says, you know what? It, it's a great song, but it's not one nine nine. It's <laughs> like, but it's the second best song on that album in my what? opinion. What? After 199. Yes. Whoa. Uh-uh. I'm not going to let you get away with that one. Hold on, hold on, hold on. We're you pulling up Sound Bombing 2 right now. You can go ahead. It's no. the second best song on Sound Bombing 2. No, 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 no. I remember we had that disc. Sound Bombing 2. I got Sound Bombing sitting over here on disc. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go through the track list. Sound bombing two. We got any man. Starts it off. It's not better than B-Boy Document. It is. It's not better than B-Boy Document. Are you serious? Yes. You're I not am. serious. I am. Well, you know what? I'm just gonna go to the super chats after that. That's uh fine. Bruce Almighty says B-Boy Document wasn't like that, Mike. That's that old school rap head in you. Wow. That shit ain't holding up like that. Like, wow. Any man who talks about B-Boy Document, Mike? B-Boy Document's a classic. That's the first no, song I ever not. heard most Steph, by the way. DJ no, Bruce Almighty with the Super Chat says, Renegade was M's track and he produced it. Bad example, Mike. No, it's not. It's a good example because he has to produce most of the tracks that he's on because he can't rhyme over other people's stuff, Bruce Almighty. Why do you think that he actually produces in the first place? His beats are whack. I mean, respectfully, if there's any way to do that. Um, Jay Short with the Super Chat says, Coop, Eminem has um, no rhythm. That's why he had to end up producing for himself. He just said what I said before I even saw it. Not even Nas could rhyme over that cross corny beat. Agreed. Uh, Eric Terrell with the Super Chat says, Eminem rapped over Mob Deep in the movie. <laughs> you mean B-Rabbit. When, whenever we got to go to a movie to talk about somebody's accolades, a scripted film, you know you're lost. 
Uh, Leroy Green with the Super Chat says, Eminem is not trying to make Boom Bap records. He's from Trailer Park from Detroit. Uh, uh, Still Factory era. Uh, that's his sound. It's a Rust Belt rock rap. Once again, Leroy, I got love for you, brother. But you seem like you have bought into the B-Rabbit 8-mile notion as well. I think we look at we look at Eminem as what we saw in the movie for Eight Mile. Eight Mile is one of those things that changed the trajectory of his of his legacy. Like we look at that film and that's his legacy, even if it didn't even go down like that. You know what I mean? In all fairness to you, Mike, I'm going to tell you this. I'm looking at the sound bomb and soundtrack listing. The only argument for a record on here being better than any man is 199 in B-Boy Document. The rest of these records are not even in the same stratosphere. I'm going to go listen three to, records. I'm going to go listen I'm look, to No, I'm looking at the songs, Mike. So it's like, if you think that Any Man isn't a top three song on this album, like, you're tripping. Like, it's clearly 199 B-Boy Document and, 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 and uh, Any Man on here. So it's like that. That's what I'm saying. He's like that, Mike. More people... How about this? If it wasn't for Common and Sadat making 199, like any man becomes like a bigger part of his legend than it even is because it's like, well, he showed up on the sound bombing album and made the best song. Eric Terrell with the Super Chat says, uh, Mike, no, all Eminem verses. Got it down, Pat. Yeah. I mean, because I know the stuff. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to criticize something I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Like, (laughs) No, you don't know these verses by him. Hmm? You know you don't know no Eminem verses like that. <laughs> BCM, I do. I do. Uh, BCM, Coop, we appreciate you trying to be unbiased and play devil's advocate, but Mike's right about Eminem. <laughs> okay. 36 I'm going to lesson. We're going to keep it pushing. 36 Chambers with a Super Chat says, in five years, Eminem will drop a line on a song about Mike hating on his rhymes. That will also be the song that finally addresses the Black Slim Shady. Yeah, if you're waiting on him to address the black Slim Shady, it's never happening. I don't know oh, what's going to never yeah. happen first. Him being on a premiere track or actually responding to the game. How about that? We put that what challenge What other out. aspect of this list would you like to address, Mike? <laughs> Respond to the games, the, real, the black Slim Shady on a DJ premiere track. I'll be impressed. And I'll shut the fuck up. Uh, DeCarlo with the Super Chat says, the fact that two hip-hop heads are debating about Eminem like this is a win for him. The man deserves his respect. Uh, can he please get it for once? All right, well, let me do this. Let me read what they said about him being number five. Um, after coming up... You should, read, you should read Biggie first. Let's read Biggie first. So you can hear how crazy they sound for putting Eminem ahead of them. Biggie is number six and Eminem's number five. Yes. Um, Christopher Notorious B.I.G. Wallace, the ultimate rap phenomenon. Started in 1993's uh, Party and Bullshit, the Brooklyn, New York Kingpin, later signed to Diddy's Bad Boy Records, building a reputation for delivering gritty tales and laid back style, accented by his deep tone, rumbling vocals, and signature dark sense, sense of humor. Excuse me. Biggie went on to score 16 Hot 100 hits, including number two, I'm sorry, two number ones with More Money, More Problems and Hypnotize. Uh, Big competed, completed two classic solo albums, 1994's Ready to Die and 1997's Double Disc Life After Death. The latter spent four weeks in number one on the Billboard Top 200, 
His executive producer status grew as he created his Junior Mafia clique, writing and producing their 1995 conspiracy album and releasing um, breakout stars like Lil' Kim in their hardcore album in 1996. Six months after the death of Tupac, Biggie was murdered in a drive-by shooting in L.A. in 1997. So we'll never know uh, what the then 24-year-old could have accomplished had he been allowed as long of a storied career of his peers. Uh, but through only two studio albums that resonated nearly 30 years later, later, Wallace proved that charismatic big man could mix lyrical street rhymes, heart, and humor and permeate the mainstream with his style. I think that was beautifully written. Um, I mean, what, what can you say about big man? The nigga had everything. Most rounded MC so, ever. So listen to this, you know, 93 is like um, Party and Bullshit, Dreams, 94 is Ready to Die, 95 is Conspiracy, 96 is Hardcore, 97 is Life After Death and No Way Out, mm-hmm. Biggie Smalls is the illest. <laughs> yeah. Eric Terrell oh, says... Yes. It's Dre changing the production. Is Dre changing the production for M or the listener? Good point. Or for not for the listener. Hold on. Here's how I look at it. I don't even look at it for the listener, for the audience. Well, the Eminem fan, because as I have covered before, Eminem fans aren't particularly hip hop fans like that. So it's like from a production standpoint, you're like, okay, well, I have to make a rap record for a non-rap fan, potentially. Right? So, listen to what I'm saying. The write-up for Big sounds like the greatest MC of all time, because that's actually what it was was happening. Mm-hmm. And so when people are like, well, you know, he didn't do enough, it's like, yes. Yeah, he did. He did. He, the, he, he did enough. He just could have done so much more. He did enough. Oh, yeah. Nobody did enough. more with two albums, and it's nobody, not even Nobody close. did more in that. Uh, Mike, four years. Listen, ready to die, conspiracy, hardcore, life after death, no way out. Like, yeah, boom. And, and think about all the stuff that yeah. he's on in between time, in, in in between time on all that. That's what I'm saying. It's like, no, ain't nobody did that. I mean, bottom line, even with just that window of like you said, '94 to '97. <sighs> I don't think there's anybody in hip hop that could really hands down beat him in a versus. It would have to be like three of the top guys, Jay, Nas, and Pop. Anybody else, you're probably not going to beat Biggie in a versus. The work is there. People yeah. keep asking why. Like, because the work is there. Yeah. The work is there. Even with the brevity, it's like, no, it's still there. It's like, go, go, go put him up against somebody. It's like, how about this? The Throw on get money. Him, the person that's in front of him and behind him do not want no smoke with him. Okay? Throw on Eminem and Wayne do not want no smoke with Big's catalog like today. Right. You hear what I'm saying? No, for real. Eminem and Wayne don't want no smoke today with this man's catalog. Today. Yeah. Throw on Get right Money. Now. Throw on Get right Money now. and that's not even on one of his two albums. How about this? You can throw on Get Money. That might be the Millie. That's one of Wayne's five best bangers. That's what I'm saying. It's yeah. not even a Biggie song. No, it's not. Let me read what they that. said. Well, let me get to Brandon Sloan real quick. He says, you want Boom Bap M to go listen uh, to the first tape, Infinite. Well, first of all, I don't really want that. And Infinite's not that good. You know what I mean? It's just a regular MC 
rhyming over some beats. I don't really want that from him. I'm just saying when you put him up to these people, it's not at that level. You can't sit here and tell me Infinite. Infinite's not ready to die level. It's not Illmatic level. What all came out in 96, man? Are we serious? It's not ATLN's level. It's not the infamous level. I know that was hell on earth year. It's not uh, All Eyes on Me. It's not Machiavelli. It's not Iron Man. So, no, I don't want Infinite. I don't. No. You're, <laughs> what are you you're, talking you're, about? You're, you're right about that. But this is what I mean about talking to the glove changing some things for me. It's like, well, look at it from this perspective. Let me submit this to you. Mm-hmm. And I think you'll understand this as, as an owner of, of a business. Dr. Dre is used, listen to what I'm saying, he's used to going quadruple platinum with a known gangbanger. You feel what I'm saying? He's selling three, listen, he's selling three, four, five million records like The Chronic is doing four and Doggy Style's doing five. So he done sold damn near 10 million albums off two records with a known gangbanger from Long Beach, a black dude. Mm -hmm. Do you think that with, he's, and he's been double platinum, like Glove said, with Easy since '88, straight out mm-hmm. of Compton. Easy does it, double platinum. This nigga used to seeing two, three, four, five million records sold on some street shit. And you put a white boy that can rap in the room. Do you think that Dr. Dre's motif and archetype is going to be to keep this guy street or to double the number of records sold without the street shit? Because that's yeah. how he's looking at it, probably as a businessman. That's fine. And I don't knock that. Just like how we were talking about Jay dumbing down his uh, his uh, flow to double his dollars. I said that in the previous previous episode that he's in a different ballgame because he actually has a record company that him and his partner started and they have to turn profit. That yep. doesn't change the fact that because they had to do that and they were successful with it, the volume two is now his best album. No. But you know what I mean? Like we can consider all those things you said, but that doesn't elevate the work. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like it doesn't. But when but but Jay it elevates the work on Dre's things. end. Hold on, but this is what I'm saying. That's why I kind of bought Jay up last week when I was talking about M and how the people eat around M. Well, here's the thing about it. That's not totally true. And this is what I'm saying. Eminem was a notorious like battle, like he was more of a black thought. Eminem, most, I mean, Black Thought, Rakim, most Def Talib Kweli type of MC than the guy that you're seeing do guilty conscience in about me with Dr. Dre, but it appears that he dumbed his shit down to make more dollars and impact the culture positively, which he has done with 50, Shade 45, Royce, amongst others, and we laud Jay for that. We laud Jay for what he brought to the table in its totality and at the compromise and the sacrifice of some of that lyrical tenacity that you're talking about. And so how can we laud Jay for and totally miss the step that it's like, well, technically the white boy did the same thing. Cause the white boy didn't, cause that whole hi, my name is Mike. And you know this, when he did that, Mike, I was floored. Because nothing I had heard from him before sounded remotely like that. He was on some rap shit and on some superhero, super lyrical miracle rap shit. Like he was on some cannabis type shit. Exactly. But see, the thing and the difference is even when Jay and then was, Dr. Dre was like, we're going to go diamond, but we're not going diamond with you rapping like that. Well, I get that. But this is what I'm saying in comparison of the two. Even when Jay actually dialed his style down. 
he still made records that were important to the culture. And whereas Eminem did those things to sell records, which is cool. And I think there was a great production job and great production choice by Dre. So, but the truth of the matter is, those records just didn't resonate with hip-hop And that's culture. not... But I've always told you, Mike, and we've had this conversation before, I hold Dre responsible for that more than him. How old is Eminem? How old is this, how old is this young white man coming from a, a trailer park environment in Detroit? How old is he when he's being placed in this hardcore hip-hop environment with Dr. Dre, and I, and I don't care what anybody says, when you're in probably the position that he's in as a young man, white or black, and Dr. Dre sits you in a room and is like, hey, you know, let's go. Like, you go, Mike. That's fine, but, and I get and, that. And, and, you and, got and, your and, shot, and, and you take it. You know what I'm right, saying? And again, right. this ain't a blame game or like, you know, blame him, blame him. I'm just looking at the work, and I'm placing the work accurately. I don't, it doesn't really, you're right. It is the producer's fault. He's the more experienced person, but for what Dre was trying to accomplish, it worked financially for him in Aftermath, and, and I think Eminem was compensated as well, and obviously he's held high marks also, but the catch-22 is the fact that you guys didn't go through hip-hop channels with his commercial material to actually make him um, as, as economically viable as he is. And that, and this is just the drawback of it. It's just the reality of it. We're not going to, you're not just going to go through pop channels and then come back around and we say that this was running hip hop in 99 and 2000. It was. This is what I'm saying. So, Mike, this is what I mean. It's like, well, he didn't skip that channel. It's like people act like that channel didn't exist when he got with Dre. He was already running around in the streets, he was running around with the roots and uh, Rod Digger and the Outsiders and like all these guys. That's how they all know him. That's how he ended up on sound bombing. So he was out in the streets. Mike Dre is the one that took him out the streets. That's what I'm saying. It's like, no, he was doing that stuff. And then Dre took him and then we got high. My name is like, there's none of that before Dre. That's Dre. That's why I've always told you Dre's responsible for that. If not, we get the white red man. You feel what I'm saying? Well, we didn't. I'm just basing things on what we got. You know what I mean? I feel what you're no, saying, I and you. I know it's history, but, you know, it is what it is. No, I hear you, and you're right to a degree. It's like, Dre, you know what, and I look on it, it's like, no, I mean, maybe Dre didn't keep him rooted in some of those records enough. Maybe, like, Dre should have been telling him, it's like, yo, let's do an any man type of record for the fans, too. You know what I'm saying? I mean, like, you know, if, been some of that too. if Carmelo Anthony gets drafted to the Pistons instead of the Nuggets, we got a two-time champion out the gate. But it didn't happen. No, you know? I hear you. <laughs> Jay Short with the next? Super Chat says, uh, so now we have to pretend that there's some secret vault of Eminem mixtapes uh, filled with Pete Rock, DJ Quick, and Premier Beats. We need to stop this. <laughs> I agree with you. Yo, let me read what Billboard actually said. Uh, having him at number five. says, after coming up, with, coming up in freestyle battles, eight mile again, Eminem is continuously willed at the mic um, as his weapon of choice and obliterated anyone who comes in his path, except for the game, right? Uh, as seen in countless feuds he engages over the years, countless feuds with pop stars and women, uh, with unapologetic, controversial, and um, yet frequent hilarious bars and unparalleled rhyme schemes and syncopations. I told you, that's the verbiage they use when it comes to him. He's relished play, uh, playing the role as rap supervillain. Uh, 
super villain. M also um <laughs> You're not helping with that. Sort of <laughs> M also spits a mile a minute, breaking Guinness World Records like fast rap in a single in a hit single Godzilla, where he raps two hundred and twenty-five words in thirty uh second segments. Told you they use this type of stuff in. Uh with fifteen Grammy Awards, uh ten number one uh Billboard two hundred albums. And three RIAA uh, certified diamond singles. Lose Yourself, Love the Way You Lie, and Not Afraid. I'm not afraid. His unprecedented commercial success makes him one of the most uh, noteworthy rags to riches tales in uh, popular music. His award winning 2002 uh, biographical film, Eight Mile, extremely important, even depicts the Detroit bred MC real life struggle to uh, be accepted as a white rapper in hip-hop, a genre created and dominated by black people. But with the peerless uh, technical skills, larger-than-life personality, and turned on uh, a turn-of-the-century run of classic albums, Slim Shady has rightfully earned his spot in the upper echelon of GOAT rappers list. You see... <clears throat> This is what I'm saying. This is why I wanted you to read the Biggie thing first. They didn't have to qualify Biggie because Biggie's qualified. And that's how you know. And that's where I do agree with you. Is M, that's why M doesn't deserve to be up this high, but deserves to be considered. Because you have to qualify with explanations that you don't have to qualify with the people that he sandwiched to paint. Now read Tupac shit. When you read Tupac and Biggie shit, it reads like, but well, it's the greatest MC of all time. They'll be when able to read, actually name when read, song. When you, read, when you read Eminem shit, it's like, let me give you a reason why you should consider him to be the greatest MC of all time. See, Biggie and Pac shit just gonna read and I already know it. And that's why he doesn't belong. And these are the intangible nuances that I'm talking about, but that don't mean that he don't have rhythm. <laughs> AB Studio with the Super Chat says, Kanye have the most Jay-Z features uh, in his catalog for a reason. I don't think Jay's music didn't do well better after Kanye out of the picture. So I don't think Jay-Z music uh, didn't do well better after Kanye was out of the picture. No, I mean, Kanye was the executive producer of the Blueprint 3. Uh, I think the best thing Jay did with Kanye out of the picture was American Gangsta, honestly. And the biggest song on there, Kanye's on the hook. It's just the reality of the situation there. Um, let me get to the rest of these super chats. John Green with the twenty dollars super chat showing love. He says Nas won a Grammy for his eleventh best album. It's almost as if he got tired of being black, of tired of blackballing him, or knew that they owed him. Uh, it would be obvious if they were uh, to hand out another lifetime achievement award after a lifetime of uh, snubs. They need to go show some love, to Snoop Man. Twenty nominations and uh, zero wins. For somebody like Snoop Dogg, it's just, you know, again, just like I told you about Missy and the whole Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and, you know, and Eminem with Snoop. It's like Dr. Dre has clicked in with the Grammys, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Why do they keep overlooking Snoop? I'm starting to think this is personal. Like, gangbanger. They just gave Dr. Dre a lifetime achievement Mike, he award. Represents a, he represents a part of culture and a part of society that white America still refuses to acknowledge. And that's the fact that there are gangs that exist. And it's not just black gangs, because to be honest with you, Hispanic gangs, which you should be really, never mind, Mike, I haven't said too much. 
But, it's, a, it's, a, it's a lot of different groups in their gangs. Um, but, but yeah, uh, as far as Snoop yeah. goes, though, and it's sad because Snoop does everything. He does everything to be a family-friendly individual. Like, he left that stuff alone. And you did a great dissertation on this on one of our few episodes ago when you said after his trial, he changed up all this gangster shit. Like, he ain't been fucking with no gangster shit. You know, I mean, maybe some songs here and there. But he's had nothing but like upbeat records for the past no, twenty some even, odd even, years. But Mike, this is what I'm saying. Like he used to talk like gangster shit, and now he says stuff like like if the most gangster thing you'll find him saying is, is like, yeah, on the left side, that's the crip side. Ain't another way. Like that's that's his gangster talk now. That's like, oh no no no, <laughs> nigga, the nigga on murder was a case. I know the niggas from the other side recognize my face because it's the OG. Like that's different talk. Like it's different talk. You feel what I'm saying? And so like, but but he's being stigmatized for that talk by this uh this white racist agenda that quite frankly does not want to encourage gang culture. And even though he's not an active gang member, he has represented the Crip Nation enough and white America knows it. So they're like, no, we'll love you, we'll embrace you, and we'll even let Martha Stewart smoke weed with you, but we ain't giving you no accolades, nigga. Not with your gang banging ass. No, there'll be none of that, nigga. I, think, I nigga, agree with you though. Nigga. I think it's an image thing because they do the same thing to 50 Cent and he's clicked in with that whole crew too. He You're not get, a gangbanger. He don't get, but I'm saying he don't get no awards from these shows either. They don't want to acknowledge that street. You know what I'm saying? Like, and some of it too. Fifty been shot. Yeah, they're like, oh, he's really been shot. See, like for real. The part like, that I don't streets? like, and they did the same. Like, yes, in the streets, motherfucker. Where you think he got shot? And at? they did the same thing with Snoop when it came to the murder trial and all that. You use all of those things to sell records, but when it's time to actually acknowledge these people for the work that they've done. It's it's crickets. You know what I'm saying? It's crazy. Hey, look here. Not 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 being funny. People trying to act like murder ain't never existed. They are. Um, Eminem, That's because the feds went in there. You feel what I'm saying? No, you're right. And lost. Lost bad. Irv ain't never been the same since. They took all that nigga's assets. Yeah. Froze his shit up. It's never been the same. These white people do not care about us. This um, I feel like Kanye. It's time this to sentence right here uh, is interesting to me, where it says Eminem is uh, continuously wielded the mic as a weapon of choice and obliterated anyone who comes in his path. Gaming on this list. I see. Can we go to Tupac at four? We can do that. <laughs> uh, DFW Herbie says, "How can Biggie be top five with two albums, Coop?" I think you already addressed that. I think we've already explained that. Uh, Andrew Green with the Super Chat says, I'm late, but shout out to whoever mentioned QB's finest earlier. Uh, Street Glory with Nas and Blitz is fire. Told you. There's shit on there, Mike. Yeah. Jay Short with the Super Chat says, I'll give Eminem credit for doing that album with Royce. Ain't no premiere stuff on there either, Jay Short. That's more than Nas did with AZ or Jay-Z did with Bleak. Uh, He didn't have to do that. Mm. Mm? <laughs> I, you know, I, I think it's you know whatever. I, I you know, I, it feels feels like he kind of did, but you know, that's just my opinion. It's not like he did it in two thousand or something. Uh, Eric Terrell with the super chat says, uh, "Mike, did you like Criminal by Eminem? I did." But I do think it's interesting some of those lines in there that he never got backlash for, like the Versace line and all that stuff. It's wild. But I did like that song. It was cool. My song on that album 
is like I said, Amityville. When he raps like that, I can rock with that. I can dig that. I can rock with with him with him rapping like that. I no, actually I like the the record that he did uh, going to Everlast too. I love uh, I remember. I rem- and his rap verse on I remember fire. I love the sauce turning, too. Hip hop's turning fifty this year, Mike. I just want to put everybody in the mixer properly, including Eminem. No, no, I, I, I love the, the discourse. I love the discourse, and you know you're being fair because I can sound like I'm not being fair sometimes. Well, I mean, I mean, Mike, if <laughs> if, if I was if I was making my list, it's like Pusha T would be ahead of like seventeen guys that like I've already been named. You know what I'm saying? Yo, they wrote it's a like, lot about Tupac, by the way. Well, you want me to well, get to Mike, this? I told, I told you. Go ahead, go ahead. And read, read how, okay. read how, read how it sounds when you don't have to qualify it. Yeah, it says a uh, poet, actor, activist, and rapper. Tupac Amari Shakur was the ultimate um, in the 90s. Once a, a tag-along member of Digital Underground, Pac's larger-than-life demeanor became too big to shelter. After his scene still in verse in the 1991 hit Same Song, Tupac's uh, duality as a uh, solo artist was remarkable. One minute, he was uh, endearing, uh, scripting empathetic classics like Dear Mama and Keep Your Head Up. The other, he was explosively lacing his, up his war boots, ready to go in on some enemies on Hit Em Up and Hail Mary. They skipped around, but I get it. Uh, he wasn't necessarily the best lyricist. Now, I don't like that. I don't like that they're doing that. Stop I doing don't that like shit. that. What does that mean? That's, that's how that can East you, Coast shit. That is dangerous. That's that East Coast shit. How, how can you say he was a poet? How but can you say, start by saying poet? Yeah. How, the first word in this is poet. And then you come in the same paragraph. He wasn't necessarily the best lyricist. So what qualifies as a lyricist when you have already qualified him as a poet? I don't like that. I don't like that either. Nor did he possess the you crazy... Know you know what? That's how they call on... That's how they maybe have to qualify it, to qualify putting Nas and Kendrick ahead, poetically speaking. So, Okay. Like, so, so, like, so because those guys are poets too. You get what I'm saying? So Kendrick's a lyricist and Tupac isn't. I get it, right? Is that what this is? Man. Is that what this is? All right. He wasn't with necessarily what, the best what lyricist. Hold on. Let, let, let me finish this real quick. Said he wasn't necessarily the best lyricist, nor did he possess the craziest flow. Yeah, that's to qualify Kendrick. That's there we go. Did you hear that? Kendrick. Did you hear that bullshit? He wasn't necessarily the best lyricist, nor did he possess the craziest flow. But in fact, his luminations uh, were made um, the 25-year-old WonderCon, one of the best MCs to touch God's green earth. Very confusing you say those things and say he's one of the greatest MCs you to touch God's green earth. You have to explain why, because you can't say those things and then I want to know, why. yeah, why, whoever wrote this, and if you're in the chat, uh, you know, you could send us an email. We would love to throw you on the show and ask, what do you mean by saying that this poet yes. was not necessarily the best lyricist? Nor did we he possess the craziest you, We would love to throw you on the show or under a bus. He knew. Hold up, hold up. It gets interesting. He knew of his shortcomings but relied on his voice and motivational messaging to resonate and crack through 
the toughest gangsters. Uh, see, see how that. See, they're qualifying Kendrick for the positioning of him. I don't like that because I don't. I don't, like I don't feel pulling, like. I see. I, I told you that. I told you they can't explain number two without trying to denigrate three and four because three and four do the same thing except for they do it better at higher quality with better voices, better content, better concepts, better songs, bigger hit records, like literally better, better, better. Well, this is this is what I'm going to say. And maybe I don't have all the information. I haven't watched every... It's not the problem with I this list, Mike. Kendrick, the problem with this list. Oh, oh, let me finish this thought real quick. I... I don't have all the information when it comes to all of the Tupac interviews, but I've seen a lot. I've never heard Tupac express the fact that he knew of his shortcomings. So for them to say he knew his shortcomings, that's false. Have you ever heard Tupac say, I'm not the best lyricist or I'm not I heard or any of these things? Took that my whole style and ran yeah, with it. That I've never, sound I've like never heard him say like he had shortcomings. Yeah, I've never heard him say any of these things that they're inferring. They're inferring that he knew the things that they're saying above that he wasn't the best lyricist or had the craziest flow. They're saying he knew his shortcomings, but relied on his voice and motivational message to resonate. They're saying that he relied on those things because he knew he wasn't the best lyricist or had the craziest flow. No, you made that up. He never said that. He didn't know anything. See, I don't like that. I, I don't like that. That's false. And we might have to pull up. I don't like that. We might have to pull up about pop. You what you need to say in Pretty articles bad. like this, I you feel to integrate somebody that you're putting that for. No, what they need to say is I feel that he has shortcomings. But they need but to But relied on his here. voice and motivate. You know what I mean? I don't say he knew of his shortcomings. I've never seen that. Anybody in the chat ever seen Tupac talk about the fact that he's not the best lyricist or had the craziest flow? I've never seen him say that. Let me finish this, though. They're still talking about him and they did this? Yeah, it's another paragraph. This paragraph's actually big. It says, signing the death row upon his 1995 prison release uh, formed hip-hop's strongest uh, tribune. With him, Dr. Dre, and Snoop Dogg leading the way. His most potent project came as his re has released a double disc album, All Eyes on Me, the next year. His fourth studio album had the makings of a bona fide classic with incredible singles, How Do You Want It, California Love, I Ain't Mad At You, and superior production. And it reigned for uh, eight weeks at number one on the Billboard 200. Despite the gaudy win, uh, the MC has a fair share of battles and uh, most notable with the Brooklyn MC, Notorious B.I.G., uh, which turned into a heartbreaking for uh, both coasts. Their lyrical smirkism uh, ended in tragedy when Tupac was shot and killed in Las Vegas in the shooting in 1996, uh, rocking the entire music world. Even after the death, Tupac's legacy pushed forward uh, with seven posthumous albums, including three Billboard 100. 200 toppers, hot 200 toppers, uh, inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and even a spot in the Library of Congress uh, National Recording Registry for Dear Mama. And despite his short life and career, Tupac's legacy continues to resonate uh, today as much as any rapper. Uh, it says a person named CL wrote this. CL, you got to clear up that sentence he knew of his shortcomings because that's just. That's just falsehood. He need to clear up more than he need to clear up more than one sentence, Mike. But that's fine for now. 
It's about time for us to get out of here. Okay, let me get through these super chats. Uh, BCM uh, with the super chat says, uh, Big Spark M on Dead Raw uh, with an old verse. Yeah, that's old, big. I don't know if that's real. I, I think the M probably had the best verse on there. M had the better verse. Uh, 007 with the Super Chat says, M didn't handle his business with MGK, and anyone who can't do that ain't top 10. End of discussion. Did y'all cover the God uh, did and the hip-hop performances? We haven't yet. It's, yeah, we're going to get to it either right now or Friday or whatever. Gary Pierce with the Super Chat says, Biggie with the $20 Super Chat, and put some respect on your name. He said, Biggie qualifies on two albums. It's like three because it's a double disc, but I digress because it's some of the best-ish ever, like ever. Biggie is top five forever. Um, best to ever do it. Fading anyone in a versus. Uh, the Jordan of this. Can't knock that. Um... Let's see. Let me get to the final Super Chats. 36 Chambers says, I, I bet you you can find a billboard or similar publication from 10 to 15 years ago claiming that Tupac uh, was the greatest who ever lived. Funny how we move the goalposts to allow someone to jump ahead. It is funny. I'm learning a lot doing this show and reading through these publications. BCM with the Super Chats oh, says, Pac did say that he wasn't the most lyrical, but he said that he was the realest. Uh, I have the Thug Immortal interview when he said that. Okay. Mm. All right. Um, before we get out of here, Nas is number three. Um, and Kendrick's number two. Let me read what they said about Kendrick before we get out of here. I mean, I got about five, ten minutes. Like, okay. You know what I'm saying? We just need to wrap up. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's cool. Uh, says the Compton native has become one of music's most influential artists thanks to his vivid, thought-provoking, and sometimes controversial lyrics, fearless genre experimentation, and masterful flow. I knew flow was going to be put in here because they knocked Pac's flow. Um, what do you think about the notion that Kendrick is one of the most influential artists in music? Who is he influenced, in your opinion? Where? Who? Yeah. When I Who? think of the most influential of this era, I don't even think he comes to mind. Like, how about this? <clears throat> and I say this respectfully. Prodigy got more influence than Kendrick because I can hear Prodigy in East Coast New York rap today. Today. Right now, I can hear Prodigy. And so, this is what I mean about him <clears throat> being placed so high. It's like, so... Your impact is relative to that of a Jay-Z and a Nas and a Tupac. Are we high right now? His impact isn't even prodigy level. You understand what I'm saying? Listen, in his own, in his own section, if we were to section hip-hop off, prodigy's impact on East Coast hip-hop and MCing is greater than his. I'm, so I'm not got saying way this. more kids. Ice Cube got yeah. way more kids. Of course. I'm not saying this to be funny. But let's I look am. at even how, you know, the fashion side of it. Does anybody go out there dressing like Kendrick? I guess that's enough. Um I'm sorry, I haven't seen I haven't seen him. He's been hiding for the last five <laughs> years, Mike. Oh. And then he went to Africa to release his album. And then I haven't seen him 
except for outside of like a couple of stadiums before he performed and then the Grammys. I don't know. Like, like, how, like how does he dress these days? I yeah. don't know. I mean, because when you say music's most influential artist, one of music's most influential artists, we got to be able to see that influence. Now, he's great, but I don't Look know. Look here, this is what I mean about having influence and not being funny. I can hop in the chair anytime I let my hair grow and say, yo, give me that 96 Nas fade. And every fucking barber knows what to do, Mike. Every black barber in America, when I say give me the 96 Nas fade, knows what to do. Do you understand what I'm saying? The nigga hair. The nigga hair is legendary. The nigga hairstyles are legendary. It's like, you want the part? It's like, I don't do the part, fam. Just give me the fade. <laughs> no, Leroy, I do not have the Kendrick Lamar boots. Didn't get those. For I used to have a Wayne spinning with it, too. <laughs> That's why they be asking about the part. Uh, Lamar, you feel what I'm saying? Yeah. Let me get like, to the rest B- of it. Biggie's Coogee <laughs> sweater. You know what I'm saying? Rock Kim's Gucci suit with the gold chain. I mean, Slick Rick with the patch. Even when you think about this era, when you think about this era, look at look at the impact of people like Future, Drake. No, I'm just talking like on the fashion side of things. Like some of our greatest MCs are our fashion icons. Mike, I told you, I had the fucking denim suit that Jay's wearing on the cover of Volume Three. Yeah, I went and got that bubble coat he had on Do It Again. Um, Hello? Let me read the rest of this. Lamar first gained local attention as a teenage rapper, K-Dot, through various mixtapes, releasing his first studio album on an indie label, Top Dog Entertainment, 2011, Section 80. After signing to Dr. Dre's Interscope imprint, Aftermath Entertainment, a year later, Lamar hit the ground running with his second album, Good Kid, Mad City, becoming an instant creative and cultural force, signaling a major renaissance in West Coast and gangster rap. Wait a minute. Hold up, hold up. Let me let me read that again. I want to make sure I'm not missing anything here. After read signing it slow with, for people like me, Mike. I'm not the sharpest knife in the drawer anymore. After signing the Dr. Dre's Interscope imprint, Aftermath Entertainment, a year later, Lamar hit the ground running with his second studio album, Good Kid, Mad City, becoming an instant creative and cultural force, signaling a major renaissance in West Coast and gangster rap. <laughs> they acting like this was 2001 or something from Dr. Dre. Now that was a renaissance for gangster. Like that album got uh, uh, corrupt activated again. Hold on, uh, Nate Dogg, Snoop. You can you can, you can finish this, Mike. But all jokes aside, and I want to <clears throat> just finish. Go okay. Ahead. All right, let me finish that. Um, Renaissance and gangster rap. Uh, his critically acclaimed sophomore project reeled off several commercial hits, Swimming Pool, Backseat Freestyle, and Bitch Don't Kill My Vibe. Next came 2015's Jazz Influence to Pippa Butterfly, his first Billboard 200 number one. I can't wait to hear what they're going to say about this album. They're probably going to say crazy stuff. The evolution continued with the R&B and psychedelic soul and the pop-fused dam. Oh, they just kind of skipped over the Pimple Butterfly. I thought it was one of the greatest albums ever. Um, Featuring Lamar's first solo number one single, Humble, and the album won the 2018 Pulsar Prize uh, for music. The first non-jazz or classic work to do so. 
That year also marking his major foyer into film with the Black Panther album. Last year brought uh, Lamar's final TDE album and latest addition to his conscious rap repertoire, <laughs> Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers. They all over the place. Now they call it a conscious repertoire, but it started off as gangster. Mm -hmm. Now that the 17 time Grammy Award winner, I knew they were going to do this after the Grammys. I told you, I was like, they're adding up the Grammys right now. Mr. Morale was a newly crowned best rap album and an Emmy Award winner for last year's Super Bowl halftime show is focusing on his entrepreneurial sites on uh, PG Lang, his film, TV, and music collective that has already uh, scored successes with next-gen rapper Baby King. Um, meanwhile, he's endured combination of lyrical prowess, classics, and uh, envelope pushing, evolving, continue to support widely held content. And his best he and he's the best rapper of his generation. Whoever wrote this didn't put their name on that. Brandon Sloan with the super chat says, "Not saying infinite is good, Mike. Uh, don't slander me like that. LOL. <laughs> Just saying that there's a reason why he didn't rap on those type of beats. There's evidence. I'm gonna go listen to Infinite again too. Um, what do you think about that um, piece there? I think it's a piece of something, Mike. I'm gonna tell you what I have to go. So here's what I think we should do. <laughs> <clears throat> we don't want to jump the gun." This is obviously a very um it's a very problematic list. It is. And the only problematic and the only problematic part of the list that I really have in the top ten is that this nigga's not number two. All right. I don't even like him being at number two is such a problem that I don't even want to address him and him being at top five. That's not the problem with this list. That is not the problem with this list. Him that's him crazy to five, say. That's how that, that's what I want people to understand. This is what I mean is, is like how egregious this is placing them at number two, because here's what you're doing. We're sitting up here having a conversation and people are like, Biggie didn't do enough work, Coop. It's like shit. I'm pretty certain Biggie didn't do about as much work as Kendrick and this nigga's number two. I think the right. part here, just like the, the Tupac part. This nigga ain't rapped this. This nigga took five years off. He's number two. I told you, Mike, what I told you, I said, I said, I'm going to applaud the people who go to work. I said, because we're getting very, very dangerous about applauding people who don't even show up to do their fucking job. I think the part that's kind of dishonest here is to say that good kid, Matt Cindy, um signaled a major renaissance in West Coast and gangster rap. That's not true. And then talking about conscious catalog, it's like, no, get this nigga a therapist and get us all a therapist for the trauma that he put us through for dropping this whack-ass album, Mike. You know what? We can start off. How about this? We should start off Friday's show by reading Jay-Z and Nas's bylines and then reading Tupac's and Biggie's again so that you understand what the four greatest MCs of all time plus Rakim really sound like their bylines. You feel me? Because when you read Kendrick and Eminem shit, Mike, it don't read like Pac and Big shit because they got to force those guys in there. Yeah, it doesn't, it, it doesn't sound like they deserve to be there based on the Because they don't. Yeah, I, I can agree with that. And we yeah. didn't even read the other ones. Yeah, I can't believe we just spent three hours on this. But hey, that's what I'm saying. You know, we about to be here on Friday, Mike, because think about this. We <laughs> haven't covered Jay at number one and Nas at number three. That's how wild this Kendrick shit is. Mm-hmm. We just... We just discussed and, and, the elephant. And, 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 and I want people to understand this. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We pulling up on Rolling Stone. And who the fuck? Who is it? What, which which whack-ass? But you know what? No, 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 no. 
We is it can't, Vibe or Double XL? No, we source? can't. We, we, no, helping these niggas? we can't let Vibe slide because Vibe, vibe is a part of this. Vibe? Yeah, is it vibe, vibe is a part of this. Yeah. Is it Vibe telling us that Tupac is struggling with his flow and delivery? Is that Vibe? <laughs> yeah, Tupac leaned on his voice in his message. I'm about to work in the morning, nigga. It's about to be a long night for these niggas. All right. <laughs> Tupac relied on his voice and his messaging because he wasn't a strong lyricist. Long night. I might do a station head tonight. Now we're gonna play some lyrical pop stuff. Let's do it. Do a definitely, definitely gonna play some real rap, Mike. We're gonna, <laughs> gonna call it Top Five Dead or Alive. We're gonna play Biggie yeah. and Tupac and Nas and Rockin and Jay. It's called Top Five Dead or Alive. I like Fuck it. Some, yeah, Top Five Dead or Alive. I don't know when I'm pulling. I'm pulling up tonight. <laughs> All right, y'all. Well, we gonna see y'all Friday. Great show. This was fun. <laughs>